Look at the walls of Pompeii. That's what got the internet started. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escape. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Oodles. If I could change the world, I'd force everyone to pay for this. Joining me today, if she could change the world, she'd make wine a tax write-off. It's Candy. Hello. And it really should be. <laughs> if he could change the world, he'd make horse punching an international sport. It's Gadget. Fucking horses, they're bad people. <laughs> also, if he could change the world, we'd all be wrestling for survival. It's Stig. Oh yeah, I'd win. <laughs> you, you made a crisps, man. And Biggie, unfortunately, can't be joining us today because he's at the royal coronation. Is he the crown bearer or something like that? He's doing something. I think. I, I puts, think he's. He puts the hat on the man. Oh, was that? Oh, was that Biggie? I thought. I thought. I thought. That was Biggie. I thought no, he was Biggie. that wizard, wizard that was running across. <laughs> That's the <what I> thing. <laughs> but in his place, oh, we have a very special guest. The indie podcast scene's new husband, it's Rob Jones. Woo! Hello, thank you very much. Hello. Who is my indie podcast wife then? Planty. Ooh. It's everyone's wife. Yeah, Planty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit on the side. How are He's you, He's a Rob? lovely, lovely man, so there you go. I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was short notice and I'm happy to jump in, so I'm glad to be Excellent. here. Excellent. Jump in, the water's warm, mate. Woo, it's good, 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 good. So... On this episode, we will be chatting about moments that changed the world, mainly media-related and stuff like that. We also have the Nexus coming up. Um, but before we do that, we, we usually get Biggie to do uh, the news, but in his place, we've got someone just as special. It's time for Biggie's Breaking News, featuring Candy. You may already know, but he doesn't, because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. Now this is a story all about how the news got flipped and upside down. <laughs> I had to think of that quick. Well done. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. Right then. Gaming news. Ooh. Redfall, poor launch, test Xbox fans' patience, but more on that later. Oh, yes. What was it not like? It's, See, uh, good. Yeah, it's not been well received, yeah. has it? Not, not so much. Not so much. CSGO map has a secret room full of news stories banned by Russia. Um, so not so secret anymore. Um, <laughs> news, it's a way of them kind of filtering these uh, censored news stories into uh, Russia where they're not allowed to watch the news. Well, they are allowed to watch the news, but it's hard. I think it's dead edited. clever. Yeah. It's super clever. Yeah, it, it's, very, it's very specifically about the Ukraine war. Like, it's not, uh, yeah. it's not just any news. It's, um, yeah. it's the stuff that Russian media definitely censors. People saying we don't support it. We don't support it at all. We just we just exist here. Yeah, bless them. It's mm. yeah. awful. Next, Destiny 2's annual Guardian Games month-long event kicked off earlier this week, ushering a little more friendly competition between the three classes: hunters, titans, and warlocks. So it came as quite a surprise when Bungie deployed an in-game message to all players that declared warlocks had won. Warlocks won Guardian Games 2023, the message stated. Warlocks win. Warlocks earned the most medallions and won this year's games. 
visit the, visit the tower for the closing ceremony. Given the event isn't scheduled to the end in, until the 23rd of May, however, players were quick to question the announcement, prompting Bungie to issue the following statement on social media. We're aware that an in-game message announcing the winner of the Guardian Games was sent out erroneously, the studio said. Is that how you say it, erroneously? Erroneously. I'm going to keep that. I'm keeping that in my dictionary. Erroneously. Erroneously. Guardian Games still have two weeks left and the winning class has not been officially announced yet. Now, this is going to come out. Like I don't play Destiny anymore for years. But if the Warlocks do win now legitimately, they're going to say it was a fix all along. If they don't win, they're going to say that they didn't win because they got it wrong and it was fixed all along. This is the Ouroboros, <laughs> the snake bite in the snake. Can I, they're not going to win. They're not going to win from this, other at all. Can I just also just just ask here? And I, I feel like, like possibly some others on the podcast. What the fuck is the Guardian Games? None of that explain what it actually is. It's the Hunger Games. It's it's got to be some tournament they do yearly, hasn't it? I'm pretty sure they did something like that when I played. It were the best class one, and this is this is talking like Destiny Year One when I played it then, which is what five years ago. Something like that. It feels like five years ago. Fuck no, no Destiny, 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 Destiny 2 came out six years ago. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Remember Oodles, timed flat circle. You don't get it. It's fine. I, <sighs> you play Destiny, Rob? Um, when we get to the Nexus, you'll get a bit of an idea about my <laughs> um, <laughs> gaming experience. So um, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I, I picked that as a new. Next. No. <laughs> Um, first baby. Come on, Candy. Sorry. Come on. I was Biggie's never used to get it wrong like this. <laughs> I was reading the actual news story because I don't know much about it, even though I posted it. First babies oh. conceived using PlayStation-controlled ro- robot are born. The two are born. The two baby girls are the first <laughs> to be born from a robot fertilization. So I'm just reading in the news article here. What? Um, a Spanish startup has managed to use a sperm-injecting robot to fertilize human eggs, successfully resulting in the birth of two healthy babies. Um, engineers with no experience in fertility medicine used a Sony PlayStation 5 controller to get the robotic needle to fertilize more than a dozen eggs. So it looks like they've got um, they've got the image like a, a a microscopic image on a, up on a TV screen, and they are using the play, PlayStation controller. What to, if the uh, batteries run out? Plug it in, surely. Has it got the adaptive triggers going or the vibration stuff going back? (laughs) It's like Death Stranding, you hear it crying through the uh, controller. (laughs) We've just been organising my boy's um, work experience and he's going to a place where they um, make robots and they get on Unity to programme everything. So I'm just wondering if that's going to be what he's going to be doing is uh, the next round of in vitro in the fertilization. So. <laughs> Make sure he saves the game often. Is it? Yes. <laughs> if, if this is going to be a thing going forward, it's like, do, do, you, do you do job interviews by like showing off your Fortnite skills? Like, do you, do you send a CV with like all your new school? Looks like I'm going to be jobless for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if you want to get I had a this job interview on. I had a job interview on Friday and had to do a PowerPoint. That's the first time I've ever done one of them. So, <laughs> oh god, it's like ninety percent of my job. It depend, depends, though, Idols, because if like if doing it is based on like say Dark Souls skills, you know, like rolling the stuff, yeah, disseminating yeah, yeah, yeah. by rolling and mit- and this in that way, and <laughs> I'll be CEO in no strike, time. Striking at the right point, yeah, exactly. You, do you well think it'll be on children. games done fast? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> 
Speedrunning insemination. <laughs> Glitchless pregnancy Trust percent. me, trust me. I can speedrun insemination and it doesn't have to be artificial either. <laughs> trust me. I've got them skills. I, I'm, I am ready to disappoint. Next. Film and TV. Pedro, Pedro Pascal joins Ridley Scott's Gladiator <laughs> Sorry, Predro. <laughs> she's got like she, a predator. She's just got Predro by saying his name. All it takes is <laughs> saying his name. Come out this way. It just, it, it just sounds like a Godzilla baddie. It's Predro. <laughs> <laughs> predator no, Pascal. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an evil version of Pedro. It's his evil twin brother, <laughs> Predator Pascal. Yeah. I just like to tell, like, if if you hadn't noticed, and I'm going to tell the listeners as well, I've had an absolute mare just before we started recording. I spilt like an entire bottle of wine across myself, and I haven't quite recovered yet, so I'm a, bit, a little bit all over the place. She's just magnumed herself. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, yeah, so he joins Ridley Scott's Gladiator sequel at Paramount, and I don't think it's the it's. He originally wrote a sequel where it was Gladiator in Heaven, didn't he? It's not that. It's That's... not that. It's, se- it's separate characters. Please, yeah, God, it's... let it not be that. Kind of, no, kind of... it's definitely not that. <laughs> I kind of would have liked to have Maximus in Heaven, though. That would have been pretty funny. People, people are saying, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Just remember, all the last Ridley Scott films we've had recently, come on, it can't mm. be good. It can't be good. That man doesn't know how to do it anymore. I think I it focuses on... It um, was meant to be quite Phoenix. good. That's what I heard. Which Which one? one? The Last Jewel? Is it Last Jewel? Oh, I've never heard I didn't it. think that much of it. Yeah, but Affleck was in it's it. probably great Affleck then. The bomb. <laughs> Affleck is the bomb, especially in Phantoms. Oh. Especially in Phantoms. There you go. Mm. Next, Candy, next. come on, read the room. Okay, now. <laughs> Sylvester <laughs> Stallone is set to return. I normally do the next myself. So, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone is set to return for a sequel to the 1993 action thriller Cri- Cliffhanger. <laughs> This is stupid. Another legacy sequel no one asked for. <laughs> With the... well, I don't know, because I moved to where I live for the rock climbing, so I'm quite interested in Cliffhanger 2. If you harder. remember, though, with Cliff, Cliffhanger, didn't do very well in saving people, in it. He's not a very good rock climber. No, yeah. so... no many people fell. <laughs> yeah. Including himself on three separate occasions. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not someone to aspire to If you to want be. it, I've got some background behind the first Cliffhanger. Screenplay. Yes. Yes. So, Cliffhanger One. It's all um, there's a plane hijacking. They still try to steal some money. It ends up on a mountain. They go go and get it. Is it John Lithgow? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But the original screenplay was written by a guy called Ron Kauk, who was a Yosemite-based rock climber. Mm. And back in the seventies, this plane crash landed up in the mountains in a lake, Um, Mm. and they went. The boys went to go and check it out, and the climbers could get there faster than the rangers because um, they went straight up. So they got oh. there first and found this plane full of marijuana. Nice. nice. Absolutely jam-packed for the weed. Um, so they basically dug it out. So by the time the authorities got there, because it's the middle of the winter, all the weed had gone. <laughs> but all this weed that they... That, so, so then the climbers were then going into like San Francisco or around the park selling this weed to visitors. Yep. But the weed was actually soaked in air, aircraft fuel, petroleum, petrol. Oh, shit, so we were killing pe- people. So pe- No, but people were just like, there'd be explosive, explosions in oh, tents. Like, you're like, <laughs> epic, and, wow. well, not much, oh. but... but So wow. anyway, so Ron, Ron Cake writes his screenplay based on that. It goes to the studios in Hollywood, and they he went to Stallone and bastardized it. it, and they bastardized it so much. Yeah, so there, we got we got what we got. 
You don't get the weed plane anymore. That's a shame. But you can hear about the weed plane on a podcast called Dope Lake, which came out last year. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, there you go. Carry on. Ch- check that I was out. Weird. Next. Find it weird well, how scripts go from like this one idea to something completely. I tell you how it does that. As soon as Sylvester Stallone gets attached, he goes, We're changing that. Yeah. I'm going to be the hero. I don't should, smoke weed. You should watch that um, sitcom that Matt LeBlanc did episodes. Because um, that, that has that because of the whole setup is like Stephen Mangan and Tamsin Grieg are the writers of some like really beloved British sitcom. It gets adapted in America, and Matt LeBlanc becomes the star of it for some inexplicable reason. But it goes through the bastardization of t- of like this this like foisty sitcom to then being like about a baseball coach. So, <laughs> wow, just completely changes. So, but but you actually do kind of get an insight into how that bastardization works, and it's always money men going, "Well, maybe we could do this. It would be more profitable yeah. if we did all that kind of thing." Very funny show as well. Everyone should watch that. Mm, I do. Next. Writer's strike. As the WGA strike starts to have an impact, late night shows go dark and writers' rooms pause for the industry playing a game of wait and see. So yeah, if you haven't heard, the uh, writers have they have decided to strike, haven't they? As of a few yep. days no, ago, right. I think. I'm so I'm so sad strike. that late night shows aren't running. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, wait and we... see. Just fucking pay them, and then yeah, mm-hmm. then you then you you'll be fine. You'll be back yeah. to normal, and your shows will have a problem. The um the the, the Duffer brothers have already said that season five of um. Stranger Things will be delayed because of it. Oh, is it a proper full-on writer's strike like last time? Yeah, 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 like the last one, mm. yeah. I thought that was already okay. written so the and last, ready to go. The, yeah, but, well, they, they said they're not going to film it because you don't stop writing at the point of... No, you support, you support the guild, the don't you? Right. Yeah. So basically, basically, it was supposed to be being filmed next month, I think, and they've basically just shut down. Yeah. Good, because we need a rest, because there's so many films coming out. Although... It's uh, the last time we had a writer's strike, we ended up with Quantum of Solace in season two of Heroes, didn't we? Oh, we True. did, yeah, <laughs> we did. Oh, do we deserve that? Maybe we do. <laughs> we do. State of the place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next, there has been a official trailer for Dune Part Two. Oh yes. You mean June? No, June. Dune Part Two. Dune. Fucking Dune. <laughs> um, I'm not watching I'm this trailer. I'm not watching this trailer. I didn't watch the first trailer. It's very good. I just, I know the plot, so I know the characters. I've read the books, you know what I mean? Eagles Man, Fl- 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 Florence Pugh is um, Princess Irulan. Excuse me? Yes, Florence Pugh <laughs> is Princess Irulan. <laughs> all right, all right. I might get that trailer or what? <laughs> <laughs> the interest is peace. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, oh. Austin Butler is bald as Fade Rother. Yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting, in fact, they've made him more like Raban and, and what's and uh, thingy, haven't they, rather than... Which is a, this, which is akin to the book, isn't it? No, he's, no, no, he's no, got, no. Oh, he had hair, hair, didn't he? They had, the they, had, they, had, they, all had mm. they all had ginger hair, didn't they? The, 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 yeah, all the Harkonnens had red hair in the book. Yeah. But they've, I think I think it's... They've, they've, they've tried to give it a, a much more authoritarian look and just given, given them all the bald look. Space Nazis look. Right. Yeah. Yeah, plus, plus also all the Atreides have fabulous hair, so it's a nice juxtaposition. Oh, exactly. The hairless versus the hair. Yeah. All people it. are bad. It's like my life. All people are bad. <laughs> we all know exactly. this. Did I, did I see Florence Pugh at a crew cut? Was she, did I see that? Oh, right? she has done, like, yeah. Completely wrong about yeah, that. No, no, yeah, she, has. she now. Me life, yeah. Yeah, she, she could be, it. She could be bald and I wouldn't be bothered. Mm. <laughs> no, she looks great, man. She looks really good. Like, so. mm. Exactly. National treasure. Next. 
Carl Urban is Johnny Cage in the next Mortal Kombat movie. Mortal next. Kombat 2 films this summer. <laughs> this is <laughs> right, ridiculous. You might not this want to say ridiculous. next that quickly because the next story is Cheeto's origin movie, Flaming Hot. Really? Next. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, like hey strike, we just it? go back to the Mortal Kombat story first. Oh, if you want. Uh, at least if I pulled in a big star here that might actually make them make a oh, decent come on. film. Isn't, come on. Isn't, isn't Carl Urban going to be too old to play Johnny Cage? Yes! Could, could play a, an older Saying Johnny that, Cage. Johnny Cage, Kombat, yeah, Johnny Cage he's, a, he's a general, isn't he? He's really old. Uh, yeah. Fair enough, fair Actually, in the lore of Mortal Kombat, Gadget, you're not paying yeah, attention to the, in the story. In the lore of Mortal Kombat, people actually age. It's a wild concept. Yeah. But it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> Funny that. It's wild. The, um, I, the, the, th- the thing is, Carl Urban is just now entirely Billy Butcher for me. I can't see him as anything else, and I'm just going to expect that accent. Yeah, but the accent's it's fucking terrible. And I, I love it Billy is. Butcher, but it's fucking terrible. <laughs> so I know, but like, if I watch anything where he's in, he's got like he's doing an American accent. It, it feels wrong to us now. Yeah. Yeah, his best accent is like his oh, own, fact, but still his own. Yeah, his own. No, no, <laughs> no. I did like him as um as uh, in in Star Trek. I liked him in that. He's, well, yeah, it's his. Bot- I'm a doctor. That's his generic American accent, isn't it? Yeah, but that's it works. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm not bothered about this fucking shit. Come on, you'll Next. still watch it. I'll still watch it. <laughs> right, you can't blame me for this. This is Biggie's fault. Marvel has shut down pre-production on Blade and will continue whenever the writer's strike concludes. Should have been put next to the writer's strike one, No, there's literally three writer's strike stories in there and he didn't put any of them together by the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) He's on holiday. We'll forgive him. No, we'd never, no. never forgive, never forget. No, because if it was, if it was, he was here, he'd still do the same. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Blade is absolutely cursed. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? never fucking happening, is it? No, I know. but like like the original Blade and Blade Two, Blade Three had a bit of problems, but that those first a bit two, of problems. They just came out. They just well, done and came out ma- in, within the, space yeah. of like a year. Yeah, they were made. <laughs> they were just done. Yeah, they were made, and someone wrote them. Films. Someone filmed them. Someone released yeah. them, and it worked. Especially Blade Two. What's a good film? One of them had a bross in it. In it. Lovely, yeah, Blade Two had bross in it. Not yeah, all this, of bross. So, but this fifty percent of bross. Was getting rewritten because Mahershala didn't like the script and didn't like the fact that they there was like fuck all action in it. Yeah, but it's Wesley like, Snipes didn't like the script in the third one. That's why he speaks about four times. Yeah, but that but that's like he he but the fact that it's gone away to be rewritten and now it can't be it's rewritten bad, because of the writer's yeah. strike. So could have been done. Could have been done. Didn't it also get like shit canned and rewritten once before that because yes. Kevin Feige didn't like the direction it was going in yes. or something like that? He said he said he said it didn't. It was something to do with the correlation of the the universe. It's just not. It's not what he wants. It's not his vision. Which lately is not a very good one. More on that later. <laughs> mm-hmm, more on that later. This Star Wars day, yeah. Carrie Fisher. This Star Wars day, Carrie Fisher honored with star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. In a fitting tri- tribute to Carrie Fisher, who played Princess and General Leia Organa in the original and sequel Star Wars trilogies, families, family, friends, and fans gathered in Hollywood Thursday morning to unveil Fisher's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <clears throat> her daughter, Billy Lord, who accepted the honour in her mother's absence, wore a gown featuring Leia in her most iconic look, the princess and rebel fighter with two space buns from Star Wars A New Hope, and glittery makeup that paid homage to Fisher's penchant to tossing glitter at fans during convention meet and greets. Yeah. I, didn't I know think it's beautiful, seen... this story. Love yeah. this story. 
You didn't know she f- threw glitter on people? No, I'd love thing. to be. I'd love to have be glitter. Do you still have it in a pocket? No, I didn't know that. I, when I saw the <laughs> original clip, I, when I thought, saw the original clip, I thought she was scattering some ashes. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I think it's honouring yeah, such nice. a, a great person, a troubled person, but and I'll, I'll, I'll just a great. I liked person how in, her in um, her daughter said when she was growing up, she was very anti Star Wars. Kind of the kind of the probably one of those things. Just like, I'm not really that bothered, or you know, like yeah, you know, it's too much. Everyone's obsessed with Star Wars, so I see it all the time. I'm not bothered about the films. And she said, since someone passed away, she's gone actually rewatched them and fallen in love with them and now she's made sure that her kids watch it and she, she said I mean she's probably fallen in love with three of the films <laughs> she's like but she's saying that like I can sit there now and say to my kids that's my mommy and I was like oh yeah like, yeah it's really sweet yeah it's also really sweet how, how lovely a relationship she has with Mark Hamill because he's yeah. like an uncle to oh yeah 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 it's just yeah. all around good guy isn't he lovely lad yeah Hamill seems like he'll He'll live and die just a goodie, you know what I mean? Which is rare in yeah. Hollywood nowadays. He was looking good as well, I thought, when he was on the... He's uh, always looked good. Yeah, He's to always be looked fair. good, I think the most shocking thing about that story is that she didn't already have a star. Yeah. Sure she did. I think they've got to pay their own... I think they've got to pay for it themselves, haven't they? No, it has to be fun. I know this because I know the people that did Robert Downey you've got one. one. Yeah, because I've got one. Oh, I funded it myself. <laughs> no, it's, um, they have to, it's, it has to be... Paid for and funded by fans, and they have to have at least 30,000 people that want it and right. um, raise a certain amount, but it can't be funded by the stars themselves. Because then, yeah, because it's like someone like Elon Musk would just do it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Just to be yeah. Elon Musk. Next. Next. <laughs> Sorry, someone's <laughs> shouting outside. Stop shouting! Yeah. You, you, Strangers. You, you shout at them at the shops, Stop shouting. That was, that was <laughs> right. You window next. And I'm so aggressive as well. Stop shouting, boys. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Right. I don't have a lawn. <laughs> Get off me gravel. <laughs> Moving on. Don't know why this is here. Australia to ban recreational vaping in major public health moves. I why put is it this in. here? The government Next. says vaping has become a huge epidemic, particularly affecting young people. Next. Oh, well. And I'm young. Fuck off, are you? I'm young. I am. Keep vaping alive. By the way, this is 0%. I'm always picking so. up the, yeah. I'm always picking the bloody disposable things up in the park. I, I work in the park over in Weymouth, so I'm always like just clearing up after them. The kids go down and just, yeah. I wouldn't dare litter. The amount of rubbish it creates. I think... I, I mean, I'm 29 years old. Man. I can vape what I want. You're 35. Shut up. The um, <laughs> Band disposable ones. Yeah, definitely band disposable ones. They're just con- contributing to e-waste. And mm-hmm. the, there was... There was what, what are those watermelon pen things? The ones that look like lipsticks that kids seem mm. to be have. Yeah. Well, the highlighters, also, I, the highlighter pen ones. Like. I um, I found out just how much and how long it takes for a cigarette to de- decompose this week. Long time, innit? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Full of little microplastics and stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, fiberglass and stuff. See? Also, oh, stop, told you, stop smoking them. <laughs> stop smoking them. I heard that guys. this week. Where did you hear that? I heard the same thing this week. On Football Ramble, it was on advert. <laughs> that might have been it, yeah. If it's on podcast adverts, it's probably gone on a few hours. Yeah, that's it. it, yeah. Yeah. Not ours. Well, anyway. well, just, 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 just don't forget back in the 1950s, where I think it was Virginia Slims, had, had, they claimed they had the best filter in the world because it was asbestos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no one died. Yikes. That's super safe. 
chemical to get into your lungs asbestos. <laughs> nobody died. And there's still schools in Yorkshire that still got asbestos roofs. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. We kept it up. Leave it up. It's good. Half of West Yorkshire is built with asbestos. <laughs> yeah, the, the ground we walk bricks. on is asbestos. <laughs> uh, and, fin- and finally, thank- uh, news from the weird world web. Joasia Zakrzewski, ultra runner he is. Nailed it. Nailed it. He's done that on purpose. He's done that on purpose, hasn't he? He's found yes. something with a really hard name to fuck one of his own. That was fluent, that. That was perfect. Joasia Z, ultra runner who used car, says, who used car? So, oh my God, who used a car? Says she made massive error. A top ultra marathon runner Be using was, a car. Using a car. A uh, top ultra marathon runner who was disqualified from a race from using a car. So she made a massive error accepting the trophy for third place. Uh, Joe Z said her actions were not malicious and the incident was caused by miscommunication. Doctor from Dumfries. Took I love, part in the- so, so, sorry, I love how her name is done three different ways in the first three sentences of this article. Hang on, well, is this, is this whole now. whole thing is this whole thing translated and retranslated and retranslated on Google Translate from five hundred different languages? Because none of it has made sense so far. I don't know what's happening. Well, in the third sentence, she's introduced by um, she's a doctor. I don't even know I she is. No, it's just a random I? woman. She's not famous. No, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the story is. He said someone was doing a marathon and then they got and in a took car. took a car, yeah. He used a car and got found out. So Dr. So, Z from Dumfries took So I saw took this. Yeah. Oh, you saw it? Do you want to spread some more light on it, please, Rob? Tell us, some please. In- English. So, I, I, I... Right, I'm not going to have a go at the name. Okay. But, <laughs> so, she was taking part in an ultra marathon, which is anything more than a marathon, yep. really. Yep. So I think this one was like... 50 miles or something. Yeah, it was Manchester and, to Liverpool. Uh, she wasn't feeling very well. Mm. Yeah, so she wasn't feeling very well and she was doing shit in the race and then she gave her, someone gave her a lift further up the track and she jumped out and ran on. Oh, I expected nobody to third. see her. And then, finished, so she finished third, grabbed a medal and then when they analysed the um, GPS tag data, she got really fast like, at one, mile, at one how point. come you don't, <laughs> well, yeah, how did you do a mile and a half in six minutes? Or, you know, when everyone else is taking... You were running 70 miles per hour at one point. Was, <laughs> so, so the real, so the real yeah. story is that she says she was ill, in inverted commas, because she got found yeah, really. out, clearly, because yeah. she still accepted the medal, mm. and it wasn't until someone analysed the data mm. that she was like, oh, no, I was ill, and I shouldn't have accepted it. Sorry. So she's more sorry that she got caught. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's like, you're only sorry when you get caught, mate. Yeah. She says she was tired That's and jet-lagged and felt sick. I mean, I feel sick after running 50 miles. It's not very fair because in, there's... In her case, 47 and one. half. Those, those um, ultramarathons, they're a real like, proper community and people take it really seriously. Oh, there's do. people over in America, they'll do like 250-mile races, like people like Courtney DeWalter, who's just like a machine. She, she like beat all the blokes in this one race by about 12 hours, Christ. over 250 miles, you know. She, you know, so to just jump in a car and not give a shit is a bit... It's disrespectful more than anything, isn't it? Really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it says here she said. Uh, book it, it says yeah. here when I got to the checkpoint, I told them I was pulling out of the race, I think, and that I'd been in the car, <laughs> and they said. <laughs> it's just how you had to. Pull, you had to preface it pulling out of the race, I think. <laughs> yeah, but when you're what, driving, what? In... it's you that's got dirty mind. Nobody else. I wasn't even being dirty. I was thinking. I'm pulling out. You say that when you're in a car, don't you? I'm pulling out. 
just keep I just think, look- I thought you meant. Yeah, I know what so you. So it's you that's got the dirty mind noodles. Yeah, yeah, it's quite difficult to pull out in a car. It's all cramped and it's hard to move around. <laughs> when you can't be bothered to check your left side, you get to passengers to sit. You get you get your passenger to oh, look no. and say, I'm, "I'm pulling out. Can you check for me?" Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, God. they said you will hate yourself if you stop. Also referring to the race. Dr. Z said, I, I agreed to carry on in a non-competitive way. Again, the race. But, but she took the medal. That's the problem, isn't it? Yes. I made sure I didn't overtake the runner in front when I saw her as I didn't want to interfere with her race. When she... Who's, who's fucking with the sheep? When she crossed the line, she was given a medal and a third place wooden trophy in post, post for pictures. No, but that's what I'm saying. If she just wanted to carry on the race just for herself and not be competitive in it, she could have just said, I'm just running this rest of this to see end of it. I'm not, I cheated. But if she's gone up and took a medal, dick. That's how I see it. She could have been like one of those dudes in the banana suit that take four days to do the under yeah. marathon just because they want to finish it. I think exactly. Yeah, I think, yeah, a little certificate. The fact that she made it third place. It's like, it's not like she yeah. made it the middle of the fucking pack. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, she's yeah, like, if fuck I, it. She's like, if I'm first, and second, that's a bit too obvious. I'll sneak in third. <laughs> Make him that wooden cup. I think we just, I just think we don't like cheats because what does cheating get you? Nowhere except the House of Lords. <laughs> Excellent. Is that the news, Kenda? You did it with a plum. Mm, yes, that's it. Excellent, excellent. Let's move on to the Nexus. And I'm going to give Candy a little rest here. Stig, what you've been up to this week, buddy? Uh, this week, I've gone to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So this is... Guardians the- of the Galaxy 3. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. This is uh, James Gunn's last writing and directing job for Marvel before he heads over to DC. And mm-hmm. obviously, it stars the uh, usual Guardians. They're back again. Um, spoiler alert for Endgame and everything. This takes place after that. It's... Um, it basically follows the team after Gamora's death. We have obviously what new, new Gamora. You know, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about the team kind of and Star Lord dealing with that. The the uh, film also introduces uh, Chukwudi Iwuji yep. as the High Evolutionary, and Will Poulter as Adam Warlock and Maria yep. Bak. Like a clover as Cosmo, the dog. Oh, so the oh, it's a girl for Cosmo. That's cool. Yes. That's uh, cool. so yeah, this primarily kind of is more Rocket story than anything. If you've seen the trailers, you'll probably kind of get that feeling from it. Uh, we find out we get a lot of backstory about Rocket. Um, we can find out where he came from and how we be how he became to be, and you know, a talking, walking, sentient uh, raccoon. He's not a raccoon. He's a raccoon, though, isn't he? But <laughs> you do find out about why. You know, throughout the last two films and everything, anytime anyone's ever tried to bring up what happened to him and how he's like he is, he's always just told, he's always shut it down, hasn't it? Yeah. We, we found out a lot about kind of why that happened. Uh, anyway, this is really good. Yeah, it's yeah. A really, really, really good Marvel film. Um, hasn't been a really, no, really good weird. one to, since yeah, that's words we haven't heard in a while. Since Spider-Man. <laughs> um, 95 years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's like I think James Gunn has just a, such a... I've always liked the Guardians. I really like Guardians 1. I, I, I really like Guardians 2. 
I know some people don't get on with it, but I just like the characters and the world that James Gunn creates. Like this, mm-hmm. like the others, this one, it's full of heart. There's a lot of emotion, laughs. There's a lot of really good action scenes. There's a great action scene in a corridor later on in the film, which is just brilliant, really well like shot, really well. Like the music to it's fantastic. And is it really, lots of seventies and eighties music as usual? Yeah, it's typical like James Gunn. Yeah. Like the, it's basically like the last two films. You know what you're getting. Needle drops every two minutes. Yeah, but it's good. It's good music at least. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was surprised to see how much this was pushing the boundaries of a twelve A for a Marvel film with the imagery and swearing in this. Can you remember? Have the first MCU fuck. Well, I wasn't going to spoil it, but you just did. Oh, sorry. I, I, I just knew that anyway. But not everybody not will. Not everyone is. Oh, I've spread the word. Spoiler alert: the word "fuck" is uttered. Yes, but <laughs> I don't know. About I didn't what, know that, and it was a really nice surprise when he when it was said. And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say this has done something the MCU has never done before, and leave it at that. But there you go, guys. Oodles went full Dean there on us and just dropped a spoiler in. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, but it, the imagery and stuff, it, not even that, not just that swearing, but you remember like in the first Guardians where he's, he calls them ear holes. He, he doesn't yeah. even say asshole, does he? He calls them yeah. ear holes. And you're like, no one yeah, says yeah. ear holes. Like, this just doesn't care. Everyone's a dick. Everyone's an asshole. Everyone's like a, a prick. Like, they, they're not. Do you think this is just showing how society is in general now? Like, because I, I noticed that in a lot of things, like, the, the world said dick and, and, and that prick and piss quite often in like yeah and stuff like that I, re- I reckon it's just people are just not as uptight anymore i'm not really uptight i don't like i don't like my kids <clears throat> swearing but they hear it so like yeah because come- of the mum. well they hear it on stuff even like kids youtube stuff comes out with it and like yeah yeah but, but anyway uh yeah like there's some really gory moments in it and it's definitely if you don't like animals in peril then it's a really tough film to watch because, like, say, this is a backstory on Rocket and the experiments that were done on him. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in that. And if it's the, I'm not I'm not going to spoil any more because I'm still again I'm not seeing this film. But if it's anything like the book's origins, there's a few animals in it. Yeah, it's it's quite brutal to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just really good. It's just really fun, really bright, and. Like I said, mm. this team together, they just they vibe off each other really well. Uh, Karen Gillan is just great as Nebula, as usual. And I've not really noticed this, but she doesn't get enough praise because she's really she's an absolute standout for, all, for the first time we see her as Nebula. I like way, a voice, mate. All the way through the films and through... She talks like this. Yeah, Avengers and everything. She's always been consistent and really good. Yeah. yeah. And the evolution from where she is in Guardians to where they are at the end of this, like each of the characters gets like a moment in this, like it's the film completely comes full circle for everyone. And it's really, everyone kind of gets their own thing and like their arc has moved along and it's really good. It's a really good send off for him. Uh, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock doesn't really get enough to do. Um, He isn't like the Adam Warlock you saw. If you played the recent game, he's not this kind of, he is strong and powerful, but he's very. Is he? Is he? Is, is he thick, Adam Warlock? Yes, he's mature. He's yes. immature. It's my favorite one. It's my favorite one. Where he's just a kid. Yeah, he's a kid, and there's a reason why he like he is like he is, and it's explained in the in the film. Yeah, that's my favorite one. That's good. I'm glad they've gone that direction. Uh, Chukwudi, Iwuji. Yep. As a high evolutionary, is one of the best MCU bad guys I think we've ever had. 
good. I think he is outstanding. He's a brilliant actor. If you saw him in Peacemaker, he was fantastic He's in, good that. in that. But in this, he is he is an evil bastard, and he portrays an evil person like so well. Like the stuff that he will go to 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 just get the next evolution in, you know, push yeah. evolution and push the boundaries of creation and stuff. Like it just it, and it's there on screen and it's shown on screen, and that's what I said about like the horror and the gore being pushed. This is like James Gunn trauma like kind of stuff, but in a 12A, you know, he's pushing that boundary and the high mm. evolutionary, what he does in this film, and what he's showing he's capable of doing is like, it's all there to be seen. And it, he's just, he's fantastic. Like he is really, really good. But yeah, as a trilogy, I've really loved it. Um, I can see the flaws in two, like I said, but I really liked it. The, it does play on your emotional uh, manipulation at times. But they do, though, it, don't they? They're going to do that, especially with it being like kind of the last outing of this iteration of the the Guardians. Um, and I just think if anyone had any issues with James Gunn taking over DC and writing and directing Superman, don't because I think you're going to be we're going to be all right. Yeah, if he can bring the heart and joy and humor that he brings to these films into that, then we might actually have a good Superman mm. who isn't mopey and mm. cryy and. Based in fucking I was hoping that James, Gunn, James, James <laughs> Gunn would have would have had would have had the Squirrel Girl, but it's not going to happen now, is it? No, but he he does throw, like he uses Cosmo really well. Like that was um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a great um, kind of scene for Craglin as well because he's obviously if you mm. from the last film, he's, love Craglin. He's taken on like the mantle that's um, in that his brother in real life as well. Yeah, that's I think it's James that, Gunn's brother, isn't it? Yeah, Sean yeah. Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's taken like Yondu's like kind of mantle as the leader, hasn't he? And and stuff. So yeah, 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 ravages. Yeah, yeah, really good. I re- really, really enjoyed it. It's like up there in my probably cool top MCU films. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Gadget, what have you been up to? Uh, okay, strap in. I have a missive because oh, well, well, this week I've been sick and I've been in a bad mood. And so, uh, so on on Thursday, I decided, you know, let, let's perk my mood up. Let's have a look on Game Pass. And oh, look, there's a game I've been looking forward to. It's just dropped. What do I play? I fucking played Redfall, and I was even angrier. What's that about? Well, <laughs> so Redfall is an open world, quote unquote, immersive sim. I'll get to that from Arcane yeah. Austin. Creators of such wonderful games as Dishonored and Prey. Love Prey. You know, some absolute banging classics. Previously to this, their worst game was Arx Fatalis, and that was still pretty good. Did they, did, did they do that? Yeah, oh. they, yeah they did Arx Fatalis. It was their first game. Ah, yeah, I um, know that. Oh. This is god-awful. It's really, really fucking bad. You mean the critics were right? The critics were absolutely bang fucking on. So I played this for about <laughs> two hours and had to then tear myself off it because I was about to snap my Xbox controller in half because I was getting really pissed off with it. They're quite hollow as well. They are quite <laughs> hollow and hands. very light. Like, it wouldn't take much to snap one and I was getting <laughs> no, dangerously close to a plastic creek. Um, so the whole the whole run of this, of this game is it's a four-player co-op, immersive sim slash first-person shooter uh, where you are in the... 
Pacific Northwest town of Redfall, uh, which has been sealed off from the rest of the world by vampires, because vampires are a thing in this game. Mm. Uh, it's not Pacific Northwest, it's Massachusetts. Ignore me on that one. Oh, but so it's definitely not. Def- definitely <laughs> it's not. definitely not the North other side, Other side of the country. <laughs> Northeast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the premise, according to Wikipedia, after a failed scientific experiment, a legion of vampires invaded the isolated town from the outside world. Trapped inside Redfall, players must choose among four unique survivors, a cryptozoologist inventor, a telekinetic student, a combat engineer, and a supernatural former US military special forces sniper veteran. To slay their enemies, vampire and human collaborators alike. This has got to be good. No. No. (laughs) It's fucking not. It's so upsetting. This it's keeps happening to you, mate. I know, oh, right? I get excited. Can you stop saying you're looking forward to games, please? Get excited about games and they come out and they're shite. It's really <sighs> fucking disappointing. So, okay, okay. so I kind of, I've, I've tried to boil my thoughts down to this one so it doesn't get into just an unhinged rant. <laughs> Basically, if you, if you play it, like, your, your immediate feeling is like, it feels like Deathloop to move around and play. Like, it's that level of first-person shootery. You don't, that's fine movement. Yeah, fine movement. You don't, but you don't have any of the kind of um, like the acrobatics, the acrobatic stuff that like um, Col- uh, Colt could do in that game. But anyway, yeah. So you start off on the ship. Um, you kind of work your way out of it, and you kind of work towards the town of Redfall. Now the problem is, so they they, they kind of advertise this as being like an immersive sim or having immersive sim aspects to it. It doesn't. Everything has a prescribed. Every every locked door has a precise key that you need to get through. Whereas in like it a doesn't game have like, your code that you loved. Nope. Um, or at least I hadn't found it by the time I got out. The whole thing with an immersive sim, or with actually most of Arcane's output, has been that you know you can do anything the way you want to. You know if you can work out a path through a level, do it that way. A locked door doesn't mean a locked door, does it? In those exactly. Games. No, in this day, it's a fucking locked door. There oh, is one route through everything. The I, I will say I like its art style. Its art style is very pretty, um, and yeah. it's that kind of chunky arcane style. Everyone's got massive fucking hands for some reason. But the problem, long arms as well. The long arms, yeah. The problem boils down to the design of the game. The game doesn't do what it's supposed to do, and I'm not talking about technical stuff. Like I had a couple of bugs and glitches, but I don't really care about that kind of thing. They were just like frame hitches or texture. Yeah, you did play Chernobyl, I didn't you? You love a bit of junk. I, well, I, I of saw junk. a screenshot of some people on that. Discord who was playing it and Tig was just literally in the floor, moving around in the floor. So. <laughs> yeah. That's a power. That's, That's a power that. that it's got. So um the in, in the opening couple of hours play, so the first kind of thing you have to do is you go to this fire station and that's going to be like your base of operations, but you've got to clear the vampires out of there. Um you've yes. also got to get rid of these kind of uh cultists that worship the vampires as well. So you'd think, right, this is my first co- big combat encounter. I've got a building mm. I can do with what I want. Uh, I, I can be sneaky-sneaky, or I can be shooty-shooty, or I can have a blend of the booth. And you, I have to clear it all out. When you get inside the um, fire station, there are two human enemies and one vampire. That's it. Oh, God. I, I, how could you get by then? So you go upstairs, you kill those two, and then you get the shotgun, and then you go to the basement and kill the kind of first boss monster first boss monster took three shoot three shots to kill <laughs> maybe you're just really good at games mate i was playing it on hard i would have expected oh. them to be slightly bullet spongy okay um we then get to we then get to the kind of pr- proper opening cutscene because this is kind of where like a lot of the story gets developed except it's not a cutscene; it's a fucking slideshow 
There's not a single <laughs> animated cutscene in this game. No, no, no shots of people talking to each other. It's just static images that are kind of that, that are on different layers, kind of moving across each other, and that's it. The yeah. graphics, when you actually get into the game, like the art style, alike. However, the graphics would look great for the Xbox 360, not the Xbox oh, Series yeah. X. <laughs> oh dear. No, uh, it doesn't run, as we all know, it doesn't run at 60 frames a second. It also doesn't run at 4K, so I'm not even getting, like, pretty mode out of it. <laughs> Just 1080p 30. It's like, yeah, yeah, great last-gen performance. Um, the guns are unsatisfying as fuck to shoot. It runs on a very similar system to Destiny, where you just pick up random weapons and some of the numbers are higher than other numbers. We know, we know reason. Just, just no, uh... no reason. Um, <sighs> I did the I did the opening four four main missions. They all consist one consisted of go to these two places, kill everything, come back. The next one consisted of go get this key, come back, um, go kill <laughs> that thing, come back, and then go kill that thing and come back. That was the, that was the run of the mission design. Uh, the characters don't uh, aren't interesting at all. Uh, they are constantly spouting internal monologue at you while you're going through the world, and it's not good internal monologue. Like the the, the actors have done as good a job as they can with the dialogue, but it's just too constant and it's shit. Quite frankly, um, the I there is hardly any enemies in the map. I walk from one <laughs> side of the map to the other. It took about ten minutes, and I had two combat encounters. Infested by vampires. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck all. The vampires themselves, when they attack you in the open world, if you find a car, walk to the other side of the car, and they will just kind of keep jumping up against the car. Do to they try do and it get with you. chairs as well? Do it with do chairs. It with chairs. <laughs> They're not capable of understanding a ledge. If you climb up a ledge, the vampire will not be able to get to you until it teleports. That is one of vampires' weaknesses in in mythology, though. We all know this. Ledges. Oh yeah, yeah, ra- yeah. Raised surfaces. <laughs> yeah, they don't um, like them. If you want to, if like you want garlic. to, if you want to blow like up garlic, yeah. <laughs> if you want to blow up a car, you just shoot its windows out, and it will catch fire. Don't they all have identical oil spillages underneath yeah. them as well? All of them. Yep. Um, Love it. It's like PS2. If you go into an area where that, like vampires have been, and there are dead bodies, you will usually find the same three or four dead bodies around there. They just copy yes. paste it. I saw um, your video of that. Like you literally yeah. moved from one body, then turned around and went back to another body. It's like it's the same body with the same layout, same skin, the same, same blood, pose. the same yeah, yeah. same pose. It's, it's a big family. No, yeah, it's it's absolutely pathetic. The story, the story is absolute bobbins. It's all scientific experiment conspiracies. The army's coming. Oh, it's a private military. Yada 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 yada. All that kind of thing. The gunplay isn't fun. The a- enemy AI is hilariously bad. So when I was going to one of the missions, I had a sniper rifle, and I came across a group of hu- of the human cultists, and I thought, okay, let's snipe them. You know, because there's six of them, there's one of me. I don't want to get into it. I just can't be asked. So I, so there was two having a conversation with each other, and I sniped one of them, and the other one kept talking. <laughs> Didn't notice that the person he was talking to had been killed. Nice. So I was not far away from them and managed to snipe all six down without being spotted. Without a silencer on my gun. Um, it's shit. It's quite frankly a waste of 70 gig on your Xbox. Uh, 10 actually, out of 10 then, yeah? No. Actually, Oodles, uh, this one will piss you off because I know, I know you like a skill tree, right? I do love a skill tree. Okay. So, so, you, so, so you can level up your skills through this. So there's one of the characters um, who he's supposed to be a stealthy guy. 
And he's got mm-hmm. he's, he's got a he's got a raven pal, best bird but, uh, boy. His name's Stealth McTavish or something like Some, that. Something stupid. Basically, but the whole point of the bird is you can you, 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 he directs the bird off and it'll fly into a building and it'll mark all the enemies, right? Like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, great for stealth because then you can kind of scuttle through a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. and um, and, and then you know where everything is. Um, the first upgrade for the bird is for the bird to be able to do damage. But oh. if the bird does damage, it puts all the enemies on alert, which means you ruin so your no ability. There's no stealth anymore. There's no stealth. So it's like, it's, all the upgrades have these weird contradictory features. Like, uh, there is the psychic girl who I also, uh, uh, who is the one I was playing as. She has a, uh, like a biotic shield kind of thing that she can put up. Mm. Um, but then you can't do anything else when you've got that up. You can't shoot, you can't, you, can, you move slower. So all you're really doing is delaying death. <laughs> so... Oh. Because you can fire it forward and it will do damage, but in like a really short range. So it's just like none of it makes sense. And like, it's really fucking disappointing that this is arcane because Prey is one of my favorite games of all time. That was incredible. But this, this is, uh, take away all the technical, various little technical issues with it. Which can get ironed out. Which can get, like, there's not enough updates that will make this a good game because this game has been conceived badly. It's not say, just a patch it, that can fix it. It was a, it was delayed by about six months, wasn't it? So even you know, well, what have they done with that six months? Exactly. So you think even with like Wanking. a couple more years of delays, it probably wouldn't have saved it. No, it's like it, this. This needs to go back to the original design doc and fix it because the, the, Xbox crushing the game. The yes. annoying the annoying thing is, I can see the kernels of a great game here. Like the concept is 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 brilliant. The the whole idea of this kind of four player drop in drop out co op dealing with vampires sneaking around should be brilliant, shouldn't it? It should be brilliant. Like mm. it, it doesn't it doesn't even really nail that kind of eighties horror vibe that it's going for. Like you know when you look at the artwork and the text and all that, like it, it looks like it's aiming for like kind of mid eighties slightly horror comedy kind of romp kind of. It film. could have it could have been Lost Boys then the Lost Boys the yeah, game. That's, you know that, what I mean? That's the thing. It could have been or like Fright that. Night or something. But. It's not even kitschy enough to get away with that. So, now, nah. even if it's even though it's on Game Pass, avoid it as hard as you physically can. Put a scar on it. The people want to know. I would say this is a three or a four out of ten. Like this is <laughs> this is rough. This it, it 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 gets that high simply because it turns on and you can physically play it. <laughs> yeah, and you res- you respect the devs. Maybe you respect for that. Devs. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it's not worth your time at all. There you go, listener. I, I don't know if it's better when you fall in your life. Yeah. I don't know if it's better when if you play it with people. I've just played it. It's probably myself. worse. But the, the, <laughs> probably it's probably got some real shit neck code. Um, yeah. But this is um, this is kind of three for three with Bethesda on big multiplayer titles being broken. Yeah, and looking shit forward and to that. Looking forward to that Starfield and that Elder Scrolls, baby. Mm. Yeah, doesn't mm. bode well, does it? <laughs> it's gonna be not- shite. Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised I, I wouldn't be surprised if Starfield gets another delay after this because the Xbox are, five years. Xbox yeah. need a win. Xbox really need a win. And they need to Go make win. the Just money back on salty that. about it. <laughs> they need to make yeah, the money one, back on that Bethesda. One out purchase. of the past four is not very good, is it? So yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Don't bother. Don't bother. Rob, you've been doing pal. Well, Games wise, I'm the wrong person to have on this show, really. Um, so if you're if you're ready for the gaming equivalent of old man Jones points at traffic, we can go yeah, with that. We're ready um, for it. So my 
shall we call it console history, computer history? Yes. So I started off with the ZX Spectrum, the one Ooh. with the built-in tape drive. Classic. I then graduated to a Sega Master System. My first console. Excellent. Um, I had a Commodore Amiga for a while. Mm. That was amazing. That's where I done most of my gaming. To be fair, I dabbled <laughs> with a Nintendo sixty-four, and mm. then I picked up an Xbox three hundred and sixty in about twenty eleven, and that wow. lasted me until about three years ago when that died. And then last year, I bought the kids a Switch. So that's wow. pretty much where I am. At least you've got like, the best console. Well, Switch. this is it. Did so a Steam Deck there. I got the kids. <laughs> um, I got the kids Hollow Knight for the for the Switch last month on your recommendation. Oh, yes. um, the kids, but I haven't really played it yet. The kids kicking off as well. <laughs> it's too hard. They do like it. <laughs> no, they really like it. I I I had a cheeky half hour on it last night. Um, Did you get lost? Like from what you're saying, it looks brilliant and it's sound, the sound on it is yeah, it's really it's really flawless. Good. That game. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to finding some time to get into it. Mm. Um, I have also downloaded. Is it Return to Monkey Island? Yes, because mm, I, mm, I really mm. love Secret Secret it's Monkey Island. Very good. It is really good. Is it? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of saving it. I might even save it for the winter when we've got a bit more time. Yeah. to like sit down and play for it all together as a family. I think that'd yeah, be yeah. quite cool because I good, really it'd be enjoyed good for a family of that. Yeah, I think it'd be a nice yeah. game to play together. I, like, I really enjoyed um, Secret Monkey Island and <sighs> the Chuck's Revenge. They're they all were good. just like. Mate, on the Amiga, the Chuck's Revenge came with 13 floppy disks. <laughs> I know. know. So, ridiculous. There you go. Um, so there's that. And other than calling my kids cocksucker while playing Mario Kart, um, yeah. the main thing I've been playing is that port of GoldenEye on the N64 emulator thing oh, on the Switch. Yeah. Did any of us do um, that? Me and Candy played the Xbox version. Yeah, not the emulator. Did you? But. Isn't the Switch version supposed to be better, but the Xbox version... No, this the, the, one of them's better, but one of them's better for a different reason as well. I know there's two different... Sure, the yeah, Xbox version was versions. better. Was, was, yeah, because it's got better, better controls, hasn't it? Yeah. Right. Well, I haven't got that option. So the controls on this <laughs> one are all a bit janky. The original um, ones. But it's just, yeah, proper nostalgia. I got on it, and it took me about an hour to get through the first level because I was just trying to work out what buttons were doing what because there's no yeah. guide for you to do it and then um, yeah I'm like five or six missions in now and I'm absolutely loving it again it's like I'm 17 all over again isn't it like notoriously quite difficult on some levels that game oh yeah yeah like if, if, if set a full alarm or something you've got to start again and stuff like that yeah I'll tell you what is weird is how like because it's got to be 20 years since I last played it but how quickly mm. that, that memory of oh I've got oh, to yeah. go here yeah. and then do that and then do this again yeah so yeah, um, that. yeah. and the kids are really loving it They're like, I haven't let them have a go yet because fuck them you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just, it. yeah so yeah I'm really enjoying Goldeneye like it's like I'm 18 all over again yeah, it's quite I, I, fun I've to got, just I've, jump back on and play like yeah one of my pals is that he, he was the 64 kid I was the PlayStation kid and he he recently been playing the uh, Golden Eye, but he's been playing it on his Xbox, and they, they redid all the controls for the Xbox version. I think it's right. that one. And he says, oh, it's, it's still really good. And it's, it's a game that I played when I was younger, but I never really liked it. I liked multiplayer, which is rare for me because I don't like multiplayer at all. But I liked I liked. Yeah, we're going to try that screen. out. And, mm. Yeah, we're going to try out the multiplayer, see how annoying it is. But um, I was going to ask you guys for some recommendations for like a first-person shooter on the Switch that... 
I can just sort of like pick up and dip in and out of that I don't need to sit for four hours to get into it. I've Lots been playing one ass, recently possibly. because I was on Deadbeat Punk's podcast. Um, it's on the Switch. It's not for the kids. Uh, Bulletstorm. I don't know if anyone else has played that. Right. Um, put Bulletstorm on the Switch. Yeah, it's a Duke Nukem edition, so you play as Duke Nukem. <laughs> nice. Uh, Doom. Doom, yeah. Both Dooms are on Switch, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, in uh, fact, I think every every Doom that's ever existed is on Switch. It is. Wolfenstein games are on there as well. Wolfenstein, yeah. Bio- Bioshock. Is that, Bioshock. Is that ports of the original ones, is it? Or is that no, the new ones. New, the new ones. The, right. good, the ones the, from the last like, like decade, yeah. The, the yeah both Dooms right. and, and, and Wolfenstein's. Bioshock's a good shout if you're like a bit more cerebral. First person right. shooting, something you have to think about. I really struggled with that game at first, but I, I got my head around it eventually and finished it. On Switch. I enjoyed good, the rain- good. I enjoyed yeah, I enjoyed the on the Xbox three sixty, I did enjoy like the Rainbow Six games. I don't think there is Tom many of those ones. tactical ones, is there on Switch? No. Uh, you can get get the, yeah. get the original Quake if you want to go over some boomer shooting. Bioshock. <laughs> Bioshock oh, yeah. Bioshock, yeah. So, right. Yeah. I uh, thought you guys would be the people to ask. That's all. So I know. I, I generally don't think there's any tactical shooters on on Switch. I, 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 I'm probably completely wrong, but I don't think there is. Oh, uh, not really a shooter, but Portal Two is essential. Get the Portal Collection. Yeah, yeah, get Portal. Yeah, they oh, the, the, the run fantastically on Switch as well. First person puzzle games, they're incredible. Yeah, that's one that you can play with family, and sometimes it helps See, have I, someone else watching you with that game to help you. Yeah, because I started I, playing Portal. I do like games, and I was like. I can't figure it. I was playing that new one with like the fourth dimension. Yeah. Was, oh, that's yeah. I was like, that one. I can't figure this out. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. If I move that, I move that. But then I do that, then yeah. that 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 close that pl- puts the platform down. I was like, I don't know. I just gave up. <laughs> I haven't gone back. Since. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. Tricky. I I am. I do like games. I do like sitting and playing games. But since the kids have got, it's funny. Since they've got older, I find I've had less time to actually sit and play stuff. So like. It should be, you would have thought, but like when, um, when my, like the kids were little and my my wife was breastfeeding, she'll be off mm. doing that, and like yeah, I've got no company, so I can just sit and like I like the first Red Dead Redemption on the three sixty. I Smashed that. it. Like, that was, yeah, yeah and I just sat, just went for a wander picking flowers and shit. Like, and now you've got to play Pokemon trading card game with them every day, aren't you? That's it, which is amazing. <laughs> I t- so. tell you a good, a good, a great one to play with a family. If you've you've got four controllers, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's Super Nighty Cat recommended it on here. It's Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Oh, it's crazy! Right? That's a great game for family and because you've got to work. You're on a little spaceship. You've got to work together. Like one work together. Like one person active, man's man. a gun. The, the the other person man's the map. And like and. Only the one works switches to turn like stuff on and off like that. So you've got to kind of work together, right. and it, it's really good fun. Yeah. It's like the how when you when you when you first start Monopoly and it starts off, everyone's having a good time. And you <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you're just time. like shoot there, shoot there. It's like you right, right, and then and you're just like right. I'm gonna do stuff when you play in three player, like when we play three player. It's like okay, well, one of us is gonna have to man two things here now. So I was like, two right, things. Right, I'm gonna do this. You two do that. It's like. <laughs> There was that other game called, um, called Brothers. I saw it. It was like Brothers like Taylor Two It's good. Yeah, and I yeah. and I thought, oh, I had heard someone else talking about that, and it was like on the download thing of like seven quid or something. So it's, I thought, oh, well, it's great game. That. It's great. So you I can own play it. On your own. You can play it on your own. Or you can play yeah. it with somebody else. Right. I own it. I haven't fired it up yet. It's, it's just really good. Time. So, like I said, wrong Excellent. person for this show, really. But 
No, no, don't be daft. Um, Candy, what have you been doing this week? Um, well, I won't spend too long on it because it's not exactly cutting edge, but I finally started watching Better Call Saul. And I started watching it actually like when it first came out after I watched Breaking Bad. And I think that was probably the wrong way to do it for me personally because I was expecting Breaking Bad Part 2. And it just isn't like going into it and it's realizing better. it's kind of, yeah, it's well, I, I can't, it's been too long since I watched Breaking Bad that I can't really compare the two, especially not at this point because I'm just towards the end of the first season. But I think if you look at it more as a comedy than a comedy drama, I think it's much easier to kind of uh, digest. But yeah, really enjoying it. Um, like I said, I won't get into it because everyone's probably already seen it by now. It's, um, if you're expecting Breaking Bad Part Two, it, yeah, it comes. Don't worry. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it gets there. Uh, but yeah, I've been yeah. really enjoying that as a kind of just um, watching the background thing. I've done something else, but I think everyone's going to jump on it at some point later. I think, Stig, you have done the same thing in Gadget. And, all, and, all yeah. and, and me, yes. Probably not Rob. He's got no time. And he's disappeared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll quickly do the, the, the single thing I've done this week. That, again, being really negative, I watched the film Ghosted. This week. Oh, I've been desperate to hear what you, what you had to say about this. <laughs> so, a film that stars Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Adrian Brody, Anthony Mackie, John Cho, Sebastian Stan, and Ryan Reynolds. How can that? How, how can that fail? <laughs> how can it, it fail, Oodles? It fucking does. <laughs> it fucking does. So hard. I think it's directed by Dexter Fletcher, who did. Um, uh, he did a bit of Boom and Rhapsody and stuff, didn't he? And yeah, a few did, other yeah. things. You're Eddie um, the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle, which he, good he's, he's good. He's good at what he does. I don't know where he was for this film. Fucking hell, this is absolute shite. Like, how can two of the best-looking people on the planet have no sexual chemistry whatsoever? <laughs> and also, do you know what makes no sense? Me and my wife say that all the time. <laughs> hey. um, I'm sorry, but... Someone like Chris Evans does not have trouble finding a date. He is stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone in this film's gorgeous, and the, the it's the, the setup. Dude, it, the setup's just shit in it. I'll give you the premise. Chris Evans is a farmer, a farmer, right? Living with his mum and dad, and he bumps into Anna de Armas, and she buys a plant off him. I'm not joking. This is what she has. she buys a plant off him, and she says, oh, "I'm a, I'm away most of the time." And he's like, "I'm not selling you this plant, and because I love plants that much." And she's like, "Oh," he goes, "Take this cactus instead, because you don't have to water it as much." And then they have an argument. She says, "Your salesmanship's terrible." Turns out it's not even his cactus stall. Blah blah blah. The and then he runs after her and says, "Do you fancy a drink?" And she's like, "Yeah, let's have a drink." They go on a date around Washington. They end up shagging. She ghosts him. Big style. He's back at home. He's like, oh, she's ghosted me. And do you know what his family recommend he should do? Because basically, he's left his inhaler, his asthma inhaler, with her, and it's got a tile on it. You know one of them tiles? Or an Apple tag or whatever. It's an Apple TV film, so it's all Apple-based stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. Air tag. And he'll say, oh, I'll find out where my inhaler is. It's in London. It's in her bag. And his family say, why don't you go and meet her in London? <laughs> that won't be creepy. She's not been answering his texts or anything. That won't be creepy. Go and meet her in London. So this all happens right at the beginning. He goes meet her in London. Turns out she's an international super spy. Of and course. He gets, he gets embroiled in this big conspiracy. People think he's the super spy, but it turns out she's a super spy. And he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. That kind of thing. Ah, I'm Chris Evans. Even though I'm ripped and I look massive, I can't fight. That kind of thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honest to God, he's fucking shite. He's so bad. And then you've got Adrian Brody as the baddie. He's probably the best thing in it because he is usually the best thing in things. Uh, Anthony Mack is in it. John Cho, Sebastian Stan, Ryan Reynolds. They're in it for two minutes each. And it's Eagles just there spoiling <sighs> more things. I don't care. I'm saving people. I'm saving people. Have you seen it, Stig? Oh, fuck. All oh, right. Well, they're in it for two minutes. It's shite. It's a fucking bad film. It's got no payoff. It's just beautiful also, people also, being shit. Also, love from your description, it's failed. If the product placement has failed the concept. Because the, yeah, you, you can't the, use air tags in a different country, can you? No, not, not, not even that. An air tag will inform someone if, if it's on them for like more than 20 minutes. Yeah, but if you live in Washington, you can't air tag somebody in London, can you? Yeah, Surely but it takes not. more than twenty. It takes more than twenty minutes. Like she, she would have been told that she had the air tag on her. Yeah, it yeah. would have popped up yeah. on her phone that says there is an air. She's tag. a super spy, so she should have noticed. <laughs> it's just bad. It's just bad. There's a few twists and turns in it. You can see the twist coming a mile off. It's just absolutely shocking. There's, there's, there's like the set pieces are like, which is weird because she was really good in Bond, wasn't she? It's like yeah. a, a, little yeah, she, miss, a little Miss Bond. She's she was, really good, and that's what she is in this, but she's just, no chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> shite. It's really bad. In this, is like, it on Apple, is it? It's on Apple, and the reason the reason I watched oh, Ghosted right. is because I watched two episodes of something else we're all going to discuss beforehand. Yeah. The, the, the show, Silo. Take it away, Gadget. Oh my god! So Silo is, uh, if everyone remembers, to the heady times of last year, I'm aware everyone's had a lot of drinks between the, then and now. But I no. reviewed um, Hugh Howie's Silo Saga. I went through, I went through all three of the books, and I fucking loved them. They were the favorite books I read last year. Uh, and yeah, they made it. Apple made it into a TV series. It's fucking brilliant. I absolutely love it. Yeah, realizes the silo was, like uh, yeah. uh, really well. Um, it's it. I think I said before when when we watched the trailer originally, it didn't look like how I imagined the silo. I always imagined it being a bit more industrial for whatever reason. But when they go into the lower parts of the silo, that's kind of that's where it gets in industrial. It's like, oh yeah, th- this is exactly how I like when how I imagined it. Um, yeah, the casting is is brilliant. The acting is the act. Acting yeah, it is great. Um, yeah, so so for, so for the cast, we've got Rebecca Ferguson playing Jules, uh, Will Patton playing uh, Marnes, Tim Robbins playing Bernard. Um, who else we got there? David Oyelowo. Oyelowo. Why can't I never get his name right? As we've a, got a, Common. Yellow. Hello. Oh, God, you got me. Got Common's it in it. <laughs> yeah. So 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 he's playing uh, Holston. Um, Common is playing Sims. Uh, it's a fucking standout cast. And they are firing all cylinders as well. They're all really fucking good. I've got Umbridge. I don't like Rebecca Ferguson in this. Oh, I think she's good as that. Whereas, whereas, have you have you read the books? Nope. Whereas I think she's perfectly cast. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, she she's how I imagined Jules. Like I haven't seen that much literally. of her yet though. Obviously she only she she appeared at the very end of the first episode and she only had one episode to herself. So she yeah. might grow. Again, I don't love this yet, but this is someone that's coming I've not read the books. I know nothing about it apart from what Gadget told me that they're in a silo and outside dangerous blah blah blah. I know that much. Which so I watched it I was like it, I mean I watched the first episode and I was like I'll watch the second episode. And after the second episode, I was like, 
I'll continue. I'll probably watch the third one. I don't love it yet. That's all I'm saying. But right. I don't know the world, do I? Yeah, no, no. Fair, fair enough. But um, just for reference, if you re- if you do read the book or listen to the book, Rebecca Ferguson is playing it spot on for Jules. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not her biggest fan in general. I, I don't hate her any anything like that. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think she's look. She's not that good an actor in my head. I don't, you know what I mean? I've not I've not seen yeah. her that much. The... I know she's in Great Showman and stuff like that, and June. She's never best thing that she's in. But if she, if you, well, if you guys Impossible. say she's, I've not seen Mission Impossible. I'm if, just saying, I'm, telling you, something right. she's good in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you guys think she's really good for that character, I believe you. I just yeah. don't know that character. Do you know what I mean? The production design she's is pretty. The production design is spot on. <laughs> I, I love like the little details, like the the little computers and CRT monitors that they have kicking mm-hmm. about. I love the recycled and reused look of everything. Mm. Which is because the guys running about with their metal cages on the back. They're port. They? They're porters. So that's basically your postman to get stuff up and down the different oh, levels of right. the silo. That's why they're always running. Yeah, that's just literally okay. their jobs: ferrying stuff yeah, from silos are up, like down, up down. Huge. Like text. it might get explained further on, but maybe maybe it won't. But you can you can you can say nothing on. But they keep saying like the upper levels and the lower level. Have I? Not, is there an upper level that's like the top level of like Snowpiercer, so, where they're all like in suits and no no so 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 where where the mayor is and where the sheriff station is and where the, door the upper is, level that's the upper the mids are the right. uh, where most people live and then and then, then, and then with the, the cafeteria well they have cafeterias all the way up and down it but like most of the right. time you see the cafeteria that's the one in the upper um, right. and then you've got the the down deep which is like the machine level yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that working. was excellently explained to me yet, but you guys know, again, no, you guys well, know all about I, it. I was going to say It probably will my, come to light. One of my only things, negative things about it was it didn't really, other than those shots looking down the stairwell. Didn't know the scope of the thing. I don't think people really gave a good scope. Like, when they, were, no. when they go down to see Jules, they're just like, oh, it took us all day to walk down here. Yeah. But they didn't really. I thought it were like, I thought they it showed, like them, showed them kind of. Two or three floors, and then, then someone said there's 72 no, 100, floors or something. 122, I think, is there? 140. Yeah. I was like, floor. yeah. Like, I'm not expecting to that. watch them do that, but to maybe have like. It, I think we'll get that with the third episode because yeah. uh, the, the mayor's mentioned that she wants to go down and meet Jules. And that yeah. is that they're, hers and Barnes's trips down from the upper to the very lower is. Quite is like a chapter and a half in the book, so I think they'll actually have to show that because it takes them like three days to get down mm. there. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to fast travel. I want them to avoid doing fast travel. Basically, yeah. I'm also I'm also probably majorly wrong, but I feel like I can predict what's happening already. Can you? But I'm probably, I'm probably, I'm probably a million. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely do, but I don't want to say it in case I'm right. Do you get what I mean? And now, in fact, I no, you tell us off air. Yeah, I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you off air. Because I, I, I don't think you'll be right at all. I think I am. I think I, I think I think I've predicted it completely. But again, I, I I will watch the third one. You know what I mean? I don't mm. love it though. That's the thing. You guys are like, oh god. But then it's a realization of something you've been invested in. Yeah, yeah. that's the difference in it. Sorry, Candy. I think it's quite interesting how they're doing the pacing as well because they're spending a little bit more time on Jules's history than they did in the book. Which is nice yeah. because the, narrative, it's, the, the narrative's not in order either, is it? It it, no, it it does sort of come back, but there's it's it's basically mentioned in the book that Jules helped with something in her past, and it's not really expanded on. And this seems to be going a lot more in detail with that. Yeah. And I think it's going to join up with what sort of happens to the mid and the end of the season. But I wonder if the entire first book is even going to be in this whole season. I mean, it might do. It gets 
Actually, I think no, they've already said that it's going to be the full. It's ten episodes, isn't it? Oh, is it? Mm. There's a lot that's going to be happening in these episodes, then. But um, it'll be interesting to see. And as you mentioned, the down deep. That's the only thing that didn't really look as I expected in my head. Like in the in my head, the down deep was way more dark and dirty and sort of hot and sticky and everything. A lot more industrial. It just looked like Leeds to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I well, imagined it to be a lot more crowded um, as well down there. It's all pretty crowded. Um, I haven't seen this, but Candy was just saying about the pacing of it. There's a lot of stuff I found on Apple TV that looks amazing, but mm. it just doesn't hook us. So we kind of watch like two or three episodes of it, and then it just drops off our radar because it's just a bit like the Foundation series looks amazing. Yeah, and like. My my wife is into Asimov and all of that, you know, so it's mm. right up her street. But we've watched the first episode and half of the second episode, and then it just dropped away because it's really quite slow. The same with that, um, oh, what was it, the one with Adam Scott in it? Um, Severance. Yeah, so that I didn't like the first really episode. Slow. It was so... Yeah, so we didn't so go gloomy. back to it. And, and the, only thing, the only thing that's really gripped us on... Ted Lasso. Apple TV so far. Ted Lasso and um, <laughs> Peanuts. Yeah, yeah. Peanuts is good. So, mm. you know, mm. it's, it's a weird so one. Again, we'll the, try the, it, but if it's the budget the is as... there, isn't it? That's the thing. The budget's mm. there. It looks mm. incredible. They've got the actors in. Like, they've done, I, I didn't even know they've done loads of like Tom Hanks films now. We're like, what? I didn't know this. Mm. <laughs> no one's been talking about these Tom Hanks films. I think well, we should just. Yeah. We want to finish. And Ghost of the Shit. <laughs> So, fuck those. For me, like, bang for your buck, I think Apple TV's up there. I think they have consistently, like, the original stuff they use is consistently pretty high. Yeah. Um, Did you watch C? No, like, obviously it doesn't go for it's everything. Terrible. But everything that I have watched, <laughs> I have re- I pretty much enjoyed. I think sh- Shrinking got a little bit boring towards the end. I think that could have done with it being a few. Hello Tomorrow was good. Hello Tomorrow was good, but then, yeah, the, again, production value, but... Things like Blackbird and Ted Lasso and what else have I seen? Isn't the morning show meant to be good? Morning show's fantastic. Slow Horses is great. Severance I loved as well. I loved that the whole way through. I mean, again, the production's fantastic. They're getting the good directors in. I I genuinely hope this silo's really fantastic all the way through. Like, it's just, it's it's rare for me to say, yeah, I'll carry on with this. I never do that unless I love it. So, I don't love this, but I'm like, I am intrigued, and that's if they're doing yeah. that properly. Well, remember, 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 someone that's though, not in this world, they're doing the proper job, aren't they? If they're getting yeah. me intrigued, stick candy. Wait, so what, what, we've been watching this. Sorry, we've been watching this thing on Netflix called The Night Agent, and it's proper dog shit. It's <laughs> like proper chewing gum telly. It's it's yeah. a proper. Dad show is CIA White House conspiracy. But it rattles along, and it's you know it pace, could pace, be pace. if it was twenty, yeah, if it was twenty percent better, it would be good. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like you get your kids into bed, put them away. You just want something shit to sit down on, and that rattles along. Whereas a lot of the stuff I found on Apple is I've really got to pay attention. Sometimes I just can't yeah, be. Yeah, you can't, you can't play Switch while you're watching Apple TV films yeah, and programs, can absolutely. you? <laughs> Just, um, I, 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 did, I, I was literally watching Silo. I was just watching it. I had yeah. to. Uh, Stig, Candy, what did you think of... We've only seen him briefly, but uh, Tim Robbins as Bernard. Yeah. Again, no spoilers, but I think he's going to be good for that role. He's got yeah. the sneer, doesn't he? Yeah. Did Tim yeah. Robbins play the, the tall, grey-haired guy? I didn't recognise yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, Bernard. Yeah. So, God, he's, he's changed, hasn't he? He has. 
So it's... saying that, if you see someone in the cast that's seven foot two, it's definitely Tim Robbins. <laughs> yeah. so he's well, a monster in real life. It, it caused a lot of consternation of the fans of the book when Tim Robbins was cast because the thing with Bernard is in the book he's described as being short and fat. The complete opposite. <laughs> complete opposite. They found a man who's so opposite. But his performance is exactly like the character is in the book. It's so good. And we, we've only seen him for like two minutes in one episode so far. And it's just like, oh, I can't wait to see more of Bernard. Yeah. Tim Robbins is everyone's favourite tall drink of water. Tell you that. They've, um, they've changed a really big thing from the early chapters. Um, but I think it's done purposely for TV viewers. And it's, key, it's to keep a mystery going. Yeah. Kate asked me a question about something. I was like, I'm not telling you, obviously. But there's a definitely, there's a, I, I, you can ask me afterwards if you want to know what I'm talking about, but there is a big change that happens in that second you episode. You managed to get your wife to watch it with your mind fell asleep. Yeah. For the first 10 minutes, you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, kind of um, but it's really, it's really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And the only, the only disappointing thing for me is I know what happens. So the mist, like, they might change like, it up though. The, yeah, but the big mystery and kind of what's going to happen, you kind of know. So I'm just in it for like watching this story no, that I really enjoyed correctly. Like, yeah. Did you ever finish the second book? Yep. Did you ever no, finish no. the second book in the end? Yeah, I finished all of them. Oh, I didn't because I, I know you struggled with the second. I know it was yeah. the third one I struggled with. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm excited. And that's Silo, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the Nexus, I believe. Everyone's been done and dusted. Yes. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It's time for the main topic. We're going to be discussing moments that change the world within media or technology or that kind of thing. It is non-fiction month still. This is non-fiction. These are things, and it's a, it's, it's a verbose title that changed the world. It might have changed our world rather than the world, if you get me. So... Yeah, I was looking at this like not as being oh the internet because yeah, oh, <laughs> invention of telephones. So I was thinking more of like what kind of within our. It sphere. could still it could still be the world, but it could just be something that a lasting impression as well. So I'm going to start with me because ego. I am no, I just am. Um, for me, obviously, it's going to be something to do with games and stuff, and that moment. Well, at the first inaugural E3 show, when that, that gentleman got up on the stage after the, uh, I think it was the Sega Saturn announcement, he got up and he said, and he said uh, $2.99. That was a moment. Can you remember? Did you ever see that? No. He literally, because obviously the Sega Saturn came out. I'm talking about the PlayStation, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have the internet back then. He's talking, I'm talking about the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. So the Sig Saturn was, it, it was coming out three ninety nine. Oof, it was expensive. Nine ninety five, remember? Or nine ninety four? Yeah, four hundred dollars in nineteen ninety five is a lot of money now. Yeah, exactly. And and then the Sony executive got up on stage after the after the Sega one, and he just went on the mic. He went, he tapped on the mic. He went two ninety nine and walked off. And that was it. And it was like, ah, that's how they did it. And that and. Since then, I've always kind of liked Sony's attitude, and I don't anymore. I think Sony are fucking baddies nowadays. But that early, like, if you don't know the story, Sony got absolutely shafted by Nintendo, didn't they? They were producing a yeah. um, a compact disc add-on for the Super Nintendo alongside Nintendo, and then they went, "Oh no, we're going to go to was it Panasonic or someone else?" Oh no, no, it, 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 
Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't an add-on, wasn't it? It was supposed to be a whole new console. Yeah, a whole new console it was. Well, they were working together, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They were working together for a new console. And then, like they went, and, console. And then under, under, under Sony's back, like behind the back, they went, ah, we're going to go with Panasonic or some some other. Yeah. And Sony were like, you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. We're going to make us out. Everyone's laughing at them saying, make, make my own Sony console music. blackjack and hookers. And they're like, the, the music people, they, they don't, the Walkman people, they know how to make games. And they changed the fucking world. The gaming world. Is I don't care be- if you're not a Sony fan. They fucking changed the game. Instead of be- oodles, before you before you go on with this one, I, I've just done the what what would what would three ninety nine be in nineteen ninety five be now? Oh. So oh. for a Sega Saturn, remember that piece of shit? Oh. Yeah, terrible. Seven hundred and sixty five pounds. <laughs> Imagine Pricey. this is the thing. Imagine if you'd have. Because Sega were well loved, especially in Britain, way more, and, and America, really massive. They, they were winning the Mega Drive, uh, Super Nintendo Wars, weren't they? In the West, they yeah. Were, not, I, not, I, I think there was not in the East. No, but I was always in, in the West. They were smashing. If, if you, I was Nintendo. If you'd have put, I'm going to go with this Sega Saturn because I love the, I love the Mega Drive and stuff. You'd have been so gutted because the Absolutely. PlayStation just came out and fucking destroyed. Like it was absolutely unfair. I, it was the attitude I loved about it. Nintendo 64 existed, and that still kept up, kind of. Not not to the levels of Sony, but it still kept up there because that was like it had your you good household name. You had Mario and stuff. You know what I mean? You had good yeah. games and stuff. But the PlayStation, it was the attitude that I loved about it. They just came out like with fucking Crash Bandicoot storming into Nintendo's offices with a megaphone and saying shit. Do you remember? Or oh, what it say? Because I can't remember. Um, um, they had this like... Mental viral marketing back the then. The fucking Crash Bandicoot outfit that that actor was wearing is terrifying. <laughs> I know. He was a kick doll sound and goes, fuck you, Sega, fuck you, Sega. It's like, it's fucking The best part mental. is when Crash 4 came out, they brought it back. Right, back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 uh, the, so, Sony's marketing for the PlayStation was absolutely genius. because they just, Insane. Because they, they just basically made it as like, oh, you like the Nintendo 64? For kiddies. The adults yeah. play the PlayStation. And then, By and all was, accounts, this was just the, the American side of it, weren't they? Because the yeah. Japanese are really honourable and stuff, aren't they? So they were doing all this awful shit. <laughs> I mean, did you see some of the marketing in the UK for the PlayStation? Oh, it was insane. Insane. That very, that very famous uh, Sarah, Sarah Cox one for Wipeout, which <laughs> yeah, looks, like, yeah. looks like he's punched in the face by a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because oh, oh. there was that thing where, like, when you come home from the club, don't beat your girlfriend up, play Wipeout with the lads. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, that's like fucking hell. They were just like, I don't know what it was. And and it was the first, like, what I consider my first deviation from Nintendo was the PlayStation. Because I, I had, I, I mean, we weren't well off, but I had the choice that Christmas, like, what do, which do, which do I get? You know what I mean? And I was lucky to get, I think, like, this is the first time in my life I put, my cards. I, I, I placed the best bet. I think I put I, it on PlayStation. I think actually, you know, Oodles, because because I had that same choice when I was a kid. Like it was, it was like, what do you want for Christmas? And the choice yeah. was a Nintendo sixty four or a PlayStation. And yeah. I, I, my parents kind of edged me towards the PlayStation. It's not be- cheaper. <laughs> well, not because the console itself was particularly cheaper. They were about the same price, but the games were so much cheaper. Mega you know, cheaper. Yeah, seventy they're like 70, eighty quid for some. Yeah, seventy quid for a cartridge car. or thirty quid for a quid. CD. Yeah, you're gonna mm. go for the CD. Like, like I parents know I'm going to be supporting this habit. Let's get make sure they get the cheaper <laughs> games. Yeah, I remember first. I remember taking um, Tekken Two home 
for the first time. That was the game I got on my PlayStation, Ooh, Tekken yeah. 2. And fucking hell. Tekken 2 on a big old, big fat CRTV, CRT screen. Oh, my God. And, like, I know it came out with Tekken 1, didn't it? But Tekken 2 came out really fast after, and we got it later than every other country because we used to get shit last, didn't we? Mm. And it was Tekken 2 yeah. and fucking hell. I'm pretty sure I could have done I better in my GCSEs my... if I hadn't got Tekken 2. <laughs> um, me and my mate were doing our A-levels. Well, yeah. we were meant to be doing our A-levels. Um, <laughs> and we literally went into Hereford. He bought Tekken 2 and we then spent mm. like four, four days solid just missioning it to open up all the characters. Like, yeah. Because yeah, you had to, yeah, to complete it to get new yeah. characters. It was such yeah, a game was... changer, Tekken 2. It looked real, man. It looked real. Mm-hmm. It was um, Tomb Raider that did it for me. Playing Tomb, Tomb Raider, Ra- I, I got Playing that Tomb really Raider fast on a as well. PlayStation, because he got one at launch at school. Like, glad that school got one at launch. And I went around yeah. this and played Tomb Raider, and I was just like, I need one How of these. How can this and, game exist? And like, my dad was always, he'd always get us like the new stuff, but it was, it was mm. at the cost of having to sell the old one. It was like a... yes. Like, he couldn't keep it. Couldn't keep it, which is ridiculous because he could have definitely yeah, afforded. Because you'd, you'd make more <laughs> money now as well if you'd have kept them. But um, yeah, so I was just like, yeah, I want one of them. So I did. I got. I didn't have the choice really because I got one before the N64 came out. But I would have already. I would have gone with PlayStation yeah. of the N64. But I just feel like I had such. I just like, and then luck would have it. I like. I I was massive into my Super Nintendo for the RPGs, and Final Fantasy was a big thing back then. And, and and Dragon Warrior, as we had it. And then, turns out, because that was going to be on the Nintendo 64, turns out it didn't. It ended up going on to PlayStation. I was just like, yes! Just, like, whatever gods you believe in were just smiling on me. <laughs> just, that, 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 one, that one little choice I made, and, and to this day, I don't think I've made a better choice in my life. Maybe maybe becoming a dad well, that kind of weren't my choice either. That just happened. Yeah. But I just, I just think it changed. But it, I think it changed gaming because it made the other, it made competition like everyone was chasing PlayStation. And I still think to this, even though I don't think PlayStation is, is as cool or as, as as nice as it used to be, I think people are still chasing PlayStation to this day. Oh, they are hundred percent. Like the you have to look at the sales of like yeah, Xbox might have all like the kind of the ecosystem that they've got with all yeah, Game Pass way better. it's brilliant. Way better. But trying to explain that to some random who doesn't really give a shit, they, yeah. just, go, they just go, I want the new PlayStation. That remembers Tekken yeah. 2. Like, people <laughs> I mean, say, like, yeah. The, the, the name helps as well, PlayStation. Yeah. It's a great name. It's, it's, it's a great it's, name. It's, and what it's, have they done? PlayStation become... 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation yeah. 3. Yeah, PlayStation. Just so keep simple. It simple. Keep it keep simple. simple. It's, the, 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 What's the, the latest the, Xbox called? The best Xbox called? Xbox Series X. But they already had an Xbox One X. X. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Stupid. See, the 360 yeah, I, I, was I, I fine it, with that naming convention. 360, 360. I, I love the 360. You could just say 360, but yeah. Yeah. But I, just, I just genuinely I think if PlayStation hadn't done what they'd done, the 360 wouldn't have been as good as it was because I think they learned from that, from the PS2. There was like, PS2's just got game after game and 360 was like, we're going to have game after game after game and we're also going to put a really good online thing into it. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. everyone's always been learning from them in a weird way, even though like Nintendo was the first big breakout. And I, it's probably because of PlayStation that Sega died as well. Oh, without Actually, a doubt. It's, it's probably also Sega's own bad decisions. 
Like the Saturn, the Saturn was a flop, and the, the Dreamcast did Dreamcast. well in Japan, but not well outside of Japan. Yeah, it didn't have the support. Yeah, I, I just it's just if you look at the back, the the, the, the all the games that came out on PlayStation One, you, you forget just how fucking impactful they were, and I, it's perfect timing as well because I was a teenager. Do you know what I mean? Or becoming starting to become a teenager, getting into adolescence and stuff like that, and it was just perfect. I I still think. To this day, and and I, it sounds weird, but I still think the console looks incredible. The little grey box, I think it looks lovely, mate. Like, I was, it looks I, like I, I, I was George co- Orwell, nineteen eighty four style fucking box. I was coveted the matte black Net Yerosi one. Oh, that was stunning. My mate loved the Net Yerosi one that much. He got his PlayStation and fucking spray painted it black and just chipped <laughs> away, and fucking sprayed the laser and everything. But remember again. Chip in the PlayStation for pirated games. That was such a big thing as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's the first was, time I was... knew you could do that. Yeah, we had that huge little spring. In the game for a spring. quid off you, off off pervy Pete in pub. Do you put, know? Put, a, put, a, put a normal game in to load it up. Press yeah. press, press the open oh. button. Add a little spring in Last to keep moment. it going. Switch him round. Put him down. <laughs> and because of the PlayStation, it was the first time I bought a gaming magazine because it had a demo disc on it. I never knew that was a thing. I know PC players had that for years before that and stuff. But to me, I was like. This is huge, but yeah, it's just fucking. You forgot one I, thing. I, what? A startup sound. Oh god, yeah, still great to this day. When you have a disc and you could see your memory card and you could, oh god, everything was just perfect. Actually, compared think, to the Sega startup sound, which was a fucking snitch when he was trying to play it in secret, <laughs> flying down and bellow Sega at you. Sega, oh my Sega, god, the, the amount yeah. of bollockings I got for that fucking thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think it was a perfect thing and it changed the game. For me, that's gaming's version of the iPhone. There is you know a, what I mean? There is a weird nostalgia with that startup sound. Like, I get like a synesthesia response from it whenever My I My mate has it, it. As, his, as his text tone still and he lets it hot, the whole thing play through and he gets a text <laughs> message. <laughs> uh, there's there's, so there's just so many times if I hear that sound, like, I'll just like have my head like then. So the, the uh, the photosensitivity photosensitivity warning and then yeah. like maybe like the opening to the the the, the mm. do, 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 from crash or something like that. Oh, I remember the the Konami one. Yeah. On Metal Gear. <laughs> oh God. Oh, oh the Capcom. <laughs> Imagine how different a person you'd be, Oodles, if you'd gone for the N sixty four and your your only RPG choice was Castlevania sixty four. I'd have been fucked, mate. I'd have been <laughs> fucked. And I very nearly went for it because I was like, I love Zelda. I love Mario. I'm so glad. I'd have probably got one game for the rest of my life because they were so expensive. Yeah. I, I just made the best decision. And I think it's changed the gaming landscape. To, like, again, to this day, everyone's still playing catch up. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's, that's my pick. Stig, you bring in. Uh, well, because I wasn't really going to be on tonight. Um, <laughs> but I. He just fucking crashed, didn't he? He crashed. Well, I managed to get some work done and stuff, so I decided I'd come on. Good lad. And, and, and you uh, wanted to see Rob and all, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, well, from is. one... So I've just gone with the other gaming uh, inventors and initiatives. Uh, Nintendo. Yeah. Just in, Nintendo in general. In general. They did change the landscape. They invented mm. the landscape. <laughs> several, several times through, actually. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> the the NES, the SNES, just... Creating absolute phenomenons. The, the Game and Watch was a massive thing, though, weren't it? The original Game and Watch. Well, I'm talking specifically like home consoles, really. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, just they were just massive back then, and they've just created and they created some some of 
the biggest, most successful and best franchises of all time have come from Nintendo. Are they the longest going one? I think they are, aren't they? Yeah, now. Yeah, there's no, there's no that's gone nowhere near as big as. I mean, as I mean, long as Nintendo. I mean, technically, you've got Atari, but it's like it's only really a name. It's like it's Atari yeah, several it's times. It's not the same moved. company, is it? Yeah, no. they're not producing new consoles and new things, are they? So, <laughs> no. but yeah, like back then, do, you know, they do the odd thing, don't the they? The start of yeah, Mario, the start of Zelda, the start of Final Fantasy, the start of huge, Everything. huge franchises that have lasted. You can't for ignore Miyamoto as well, can you? Thirty odd years. Um. But it's just how, and then obviously, you know, you talked about the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation, but the Nintendo 64 was the first console to do things that hadn't been done before. Yeah. Um, it was technically, wasn't it technically like the first 3D graphics and the analog stick and everything that the stuff it that they were doing on that. Stick. Yeah, it was the first to do things. And, and Rumble Pack. Yeah, Rumble Pack. And. So they were inventing things that then the PlayStation and Sony looked at and go, oh, everyone we, went, we'll have that. We'll have that. We'll put that technology yeah. into ours as well. But we'll, uh, we'll have the attitude about it, though, as well. Yes. But <laughs> I also... Rude about it. But, but you say that, but I also kind of love some of the attitude from Nintendo. The DS, mm. the reveal of DS, Reggie just pulls it out of, so his, good. Out of his jacket pocket. Okay. This yeah. is the DS. It's like... Yeah, I mean, I mean the, 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 he took that from Steve Jobs, though. I was going to say that's the, that. that's, that's the Steve Jobs uh, iPod yeah. reveal. He did the same thing. Yeah, copied but... him, but he's still cool. And Reggie's a monster of a man, so it's cool to see him do it as well. Yeah. He looked even smaller in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was just an evolution, obviously, of the Game Boy, which was a fantastic Game Boy, piece, so piece of what equipment. a moment! But yeah, I, the, I, I think I think the Game Boy might. I know. I know most of what Nintendo's done has been important. I think the Game Boy might be the most important. Is the most important. Simply, yeah, simply because it brought so many people into the concept of gaming. Yeah. Mm. Like, the, the, like the, the, the NES opened up a market, but the Game Boy, the, the Game Boy had like fucking civilians into it. You know, everyone my auntie, to play My auntie Denise, my auntie Denise had a Game Boy and she was like 60. Yeah. She'd never touched a game in her life and she was playing Tetris all the time. Well, this... Tetris on the toilet. Number yeah. favourite. Well, that leads me... <sighs> Into Nintendo's after the DS, they release this new this dual screened on the go console. It's it's an evolution mm. of the of the Game Boy. It's what you loved about the Game Boy, but it's better now. When they revealed it, they yeah. go, "Oh, you, by the way, you can play a brand, you can play the brand new Metroid on there as well." They just there you go, yeah. the, the brand new Metroid on that on it's the perfect. console for you when it comes out. Um, yeah. Amazing little bit of equipment, which they then I love the I love they it. then obviously. The evolution of that, they changed it, they made it better, they added things to it, they put the concept of the 3D in there. They, yeah, 3DS just, is really good. It was Wi-Fi compatible, the, the, the first DS. Yeah. The first it was. I think it was the first handheld console to go wi- properly Wi-Fi, because before you'd have to obviously use no, cable. PSP. Or... I think PSP was the first. PS, P, no, PSP had like Wi-Fi to play to player, not to connect to the internet. Yeah. Oh, you could you could go into PSN, PSN network on PSP. Did you? Yeah, you I could download you could play games P- on the PSN network. I don't that. know which came out first. I don't know which came out first, though. Uh, the the sure DSi they... was the first online one, the DSi. Okay, we're going to have to Whichever came out first, the PSP so, or the DSi. PS, PSP came out in 2004. October 2004. And the, the DSi DS, was the first. 21st of November. So, I mean, the, more or less the same. Time. Yeah, the, the, the DSi had the DSi way where you had to go onto the eShop yeah. to download stuff, but the PSP also had the PSN. Mm. You just forget. You just miss me rem- mem- remembering. It's a lot to remember. Yeah, We're very drunk. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, we are. 
It doesn't matter anyway. The um, no, still, I still think the DS is better than PSP. The year man. after, not, not stupid. The year after, for for all its faults that people don't like about it, they reinvented the game again, which made people stand up yep. and listen and change the way they were size. doing things. <laughs> and they brought out the Wii. They didn't. They didn't bring yeah. out the Wii the year after. They revealed the Wii. Um, Iwata came out basically again. He pulled it out of his jacket pocket. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> we'll keep yeah. He pulled pulled it out of his jacket pocket and he's like, This is the smallest home console ever and we've got some exciting things about it. Uh it's backwards it was compatible. So cute though. It's yeah, a you cute can, looking console. You can play the um it's backwards games. compatible with uh, the GameCube, GameCube games. Uh, but not only that, it's you will be able to download all of the Nintendo's back catalogue. So that was like oh, God, another yeah. another thing that they're saying. It wasn't just the previous games. Virtual, that you virtual console was yeah, insane. You could actually go and download the old games, the games on cartridges that weren't available on disc. You could now own yeah. that on your new consoles. And not only that, when it came out, it's got motion controls. Brand new thing for the gaming market. It got loads of people playing consoles. Loads of older people. My mum was would play bowling on the Wii Sports and stuff. On yeah, it. yeah. Nanans and stuff were playing Wii. Yeah, and you know, it was a fad, and but it, and it created it made. Microsoft go on, on. We want our own one version of that. Same Connect with was Sony. so good, wasn't it? <laughs> Connect not. It, uh, Connect worked with some stuff. And, and the eye toy was shit and all. Uh, yeah, but that because you had to use the control. But the Connect, there were some games on the Connect that worked really, really well. Um, but they weren't as good. But they were still. No. Nintendo still made them sit up and yeah. and think. Made them change it. Yeah. What can we do? Yeah, New yeah, things yeah. we can do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Less said about the Wii U, the better, but the concept mm. that they had there then led to the you Switch. built the Switch, didn't it? Yeah. 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 The Switch, a AAA console that you can take on the go. Now, my there's a fucking invention. It's my all-time favourite console as of it today. It isn't guys. just... Yeah, it isn't the DS, isn't a Game Boy, isn't the lesser version of the one that you have at home. This is the, the one you have everything. at home that you can pick up and take with you. You can play the AAA Nintendo games on the rooftop go. parties. At rooftop parties, yeah. <laughs> Basketball court. That's incredible. It's amazing, mate. Like, it's genuinely fantastic. Yeah, it might I be still like... think about the Switch and go, holy fuck, I've got two controllers on this one console already. It's exactly. Like, mental. It might be lagging mental. behind the other one. It's lagging behind the PlayStation and the Xbox. Who cares about in terms graphics sometimes? Power, it's about I mean, gameplay. It, it, it even came out in that, in that Wii con- uh, conference and said, it's all about horsepower. No, and you'll, and you'll see that when this launches, and that's the same <laughs> yeah. with the Switch. It ain't about the horsepower; it's about what it can play and what it can do. And what it can play and do is actually incredible for this little tiny Fantastic. rectangle. It's <laughs> about two it's inch. What? How thick is it? It's like inch, two inch thick. If inch, that, it's inch, like probably an inch and a quarter. Yeah, it, that thing there, and it's playing like Breath of the Wild, Mario, and <laughs> and somehow managing insane. to get games like Doom Eternal playing on it. Like it's. <laughs> The stuff that that little console's done, and it's just Nintendo have just been amazing throughout their whole career of reinventing the wheel. Now, the next console, we have no idea where they're going to go with, but they'd probably be stupid to not just do a better version of Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I think think this might be the first full-on sequel they're going to do. Yeah, but, you know... Apart from the DSs and stuff. Who knows where they'll go go in the future with it, but I think the Switch is too good of a thing for them to say, right, we're going to do a... If they came out now and said, no, your next console's going to be under the TV, can't take it anywhere. It's VR only. Unless they said, because we're 
bring another DS out, but people don't want that. I think they, I think the Switch, an all in one, yeah. But the Switch has actually got other companies looking at it. The Steam Deck is clearly born from, yeah, the Switch. What can yep, we do yep. now? And all the, this new Azos, they're doing ones, and there's other companies. They're all yeah. doing their own little Iron Neos and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, how does it? And it's all born from what the Switch. It's, so yeah, it's the best console I've ever owned by far, and it's the most used console I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I have owned every single Nintendo console apart from the N64 because I just couldn't. You know, I was what? a kid; I couldn't afford it, and I had, my mate had no one. one could afford it. Yeah, but my mate had one, so I went to just go play on his and yeah, enjoyed it same, through him. Same. And they've always it's only the Wii U. I've never, I've never played. I've never even touched a Wii U. Yeah, in the, life. the Wii U had some good ideas, but they just marketed it and just left it to die. Um, I've never seen one in the wild, mate. I've never seen one. The Wii, the Wii U was good. I liked it. It just they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, that's it, the problem. It, it, the Switch was born from the Wii, Wii U's the, the, controller the, yeah. idea, I think, and I, that's the, where you kind of got to praise the Wii U. The Wii U, yeah, ta- thanks the, Wii U for that. The Wii U tablet controller was actually surprisingly nice to use. Yeah, was it? Was it feel? Did it feel good? Yeah, it, it wasn't good uncomfortable. Life? Yeah, yeah, not heavy and anything. No, Nintendo like, controller was a novelty, like. At the time, picking that up. Not the N64, Candy. I thought the N64... <laughs> no, that was, no, that was all right. The N64 three, control was fucking like horrendous. That. I've only got two hands. <laughs> three hands for that bastard. I didn't understand it. Three stocks. Actually, I have to say, I don't. I can't remember one occasion where I put my hand on like both sides. It was always in the middle, but it was comfy, though. Yeah. Mm, I think the GameCube Sorry, controller's comfier. Yeah, I've been rambling, but Nintendo. Nintendo changed Nintendo, the gaming landscape. But, is, still do. You're right, they are the argument. Is there an argument that um, what Oodles was telling us about the price point of the PlayStation mm-hmm. that leads to the um, the cheaper availability of games, which then everyone's then into games, so then Nintendo Probably. can run with that innovation. So Probably. you don't get one without the other, almost. It, 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 I think they're all tangentially linked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, all, they're all feeding off each other. Like There was the moment where... Xbox were winning. The 360 generated. They, they were conquering. I, I loved the 360. I'm not an Xbox a, guy, but I loved all, it. That was all Call of Duty and FIFA, that. But it worked for them. Oh, they, yeah, they absolutely. The best online yeah, integration my, I've ever Call seen Duty, ever. I played on the 360. It's ridiculous. Yeah, even I played Call of Duty on that. And I don't pretty, play pretty Call sure of Duty. Pretty sure I nearly wore out my Modern Warfare disc. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I went, I went through too. so many um, Xbox 360 controllers. You know, the, the nubbit, the analogs. I nubbed yeah. them out. I nubbed <laughs> them out. <laughs> but I do think it's fair to say that, like, Nintendo have looked because they yeah, they tried there. to go with the N sixty four and the GameCube. They tried to go neck and neck with PS two and Xbox. Couldn't do it, and they just couldn't do it at that point. I think yes, the games are great, but people at that point were looking at power and graphics. Yeah, and they probably just went, "Why don't we just do what we're good at? We'll do our own separate yeah. thing. Yeah, our own in you know inventive thing, and that's what bring people. That's what will bring people yeah. over. We yeah, offer think, the different side of gaming." Yeah, and, that, and it worked. I agree, I, I agree mate. I think but again, I think the Switch also, is the best console I've ever owned. Ever. I think also the N64 just didn't have the third-party support. Like A lot of the third-party no. games for the N64 were shite. Mm. Yeah, and the mm. ported stuff was crap, though. In the Resident Evil games, like, terrible on it. No, I don't no, no, Re- no, Resident, Resident Evil 2 was a masterpiece I thought was the... on, on 64. I don't know how they did it. It's witchcraft that they got two CDs down to fucking 64 with megabytes. With FMVs. Oh, that's it then. Sorry, I was thinking. With FMVs on it as well. Around, yeah. it, the, Resident Evil 2 on 64 is probably the best version, in my opinion. It's fantastic. They've got all the. No, they've got loads of like added bonuses to it and stuff that yeah, no other version had. Fantastic. Although GameCube did have Twin Six as well. Oh, 
Yeah, we, why not backflip and kick a rocket out of the air? Why not? Why not? Do it every yes. day on my way to work. Exactly. Rob, what are you bringing, mate? Well, a bit of a change of tact. Um, Do it. I've written you an essay, so here we go. Um, I'd Let's like go. to take you back, all the way back to the days when the internet was still too scary to trust with your card details, when the World Wide <laughs> Web was like outdoor country, and if you did have access to it, it was reliant on whether or not your nan rang you to tell you about someone else who you didn't know or care about had died. <laughs> <laughs> so, jump in the time machine, and like Jarvis Cocker sang, let's all meet up in the year 2000 for Metallica yes. versus Napster. What a moment in history. <laughs> oh, I love this. Lovely. So this was a legal battle between the heavy metal legends and the file sharing service in 2000. The band sued Napster for copyright infringement, claiming that the platform was allowing users to illegally download and share Metallica's music without permission. Uh, the case was highly publicized and sparked a widespread debate about the legality of file sharing and its impact on the music industry. Metallica's stance on this issue was seen by some as a defense of intellectual, intellectual property rights, while others criticized the bands for being out of touch with the changing nature of music distribution in the digital age. It was also a bit hypocritical, because if you look at the impact of like tape sharing and stuff in the, the 80s that helped Metallica yeah. to build That's up this massive fan base, <laughs> that's it. They wouldn't be... Yeah, no. Anyway, ultimately, the court ruled in favor of Metallica, and Napster was forced to shut down its file sharing service. Yep. The case set a precedent for future legal battles involving online piracy and copyright infringement, and many other music artists followed in Metallica's footsteps in suing various file-sharing platforms. They did. At the time of the case in 2000, the global music industry was worth around $40 billion a year. In 2020, it was $21 billion, and most wow. of that comes through streaming. So just in that 20 years, it's almost halved. Wow. Um, while, while established artists with large catalogues can earn significant revenues from streaming, um, emerging artists and those with smaller fan bases can struggle to make a living solely from streaming royalties. Um, the decline in physical album sales and the shift towards streaming services have created new challenges for up-and-coming musicians looking to build mm. a career in the music industry. Uh, the biggest change is probably the increased importance of social media and online platforms for like promotion and distribution. Yeah. Um, Artists now have uh, they have access to stuff like um, you know the social media and the Spotify and YouTube. They all allow them to reach new audiences, build yep. fan bases, and promote their music. But then that's time that's taken away from actually creating the music in the first place. Um, another big change is like this recently, last sort of ten years or so, seven ten years. Um, the rise of like independent music labels, uh, DIY strategies, that sort of thing. You know, lots of not not quite home recording, but ev musicians are doing everything themselves. Um, yeah, you don't need a big setup anymore, do you? No, that's it. Um, and then there's all these different independent labels that offer more artist-friendly contracts and a greater degree of creative control. I um, wish. I'm just in the process of setting up a little micro-label to put oh, out yeah. some music that I think is pretty cool. So at the end of June, I'm going to be putting out the third EP from Alvin and the Angry Barrels, which mm. is my brother's band. Um, and if you listen to Records and Band podcasts, they do yes. the theme tune for that. Yes. Um, so I'm going to be setting up a little record label to push that. But do you want without... a um, Do you want a, um, a a northern French rapper? Yes. We know just the guy. His name's Biggie, and he's he's Excellent. really good. He's really good at rapping. <laughs> it has to be news related, but he's looking for a, he's looking for he's yeah. looking for a label. Trust me. Um, 
basically, we'll, we'll send him your way. I'm his manager, you see. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I think that whole Napster versus Metallica thing it kind of kickstarts everything to where we are did. now. That, that, if that if we don't change, have that, we it? don't have the we don't get the 99 pence a song model that Apple take on with the first yeah. round of iTunes. We don't then go into Spotify and paying X amount per month for yeah. your music service, your music streaming. And if we're not paying ten pound a month for Spotify, the net Netflix think, oh, we could charge them eight, ten quid a month for yeah. TV as well. So, yeah. is modern media does modern media consumption go all the way back to that lawsuit? I think it probably. I think that's the catalyst because, like. I was probably too young to use Napster, but I remembered the LimeWire days. I was going to say, it's probably probably the kind of catalyst for the other way as well, for all the illegal stuff that came from it. The pirate stuff, (laughs) yeah. That that was was like like a crossroad, isn't it? It The first thing you heard, yeah. And it's like then LimeWire came and then BitTorrent and Pirate Bin. I think think it's like you've got two different things there going on, but all started at that. Point with Napster. I think. I think also when it, when Napster got sued, I think that's when people who were making pirate software or making software to do file transfers like that, that's where they started making it less centralized and like less right. like a company. So like BitTorrent is just a concept. No one owns mm-hmm. it. You know? No one owns it. Yeah, and they made it more anonymous, didn't they? Yeah. So you can't kind of sue BitTorrent can't for piracy. Get anyone. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's yeah. It, it goes two ways. I mean. The current what well, the current model now, which people like to call it the Netflix model, but it's just the easiest way to describe it, isn't it? You're paying you're paying mm-hmm. for a subscription. You don't own anything. You just you, it's like Blockbuster Plus, isn't it? You're just renting things on the fly for ten pound a month. I kind of like that as a man that doesn't like clutter anymore. But I I can imagine me twenty years ago when I loved my CD collection and I would have, and I mean I did queue up for Saint Anger by Metallica. I wish I'd not. <laughs> But I I, lo- I loved CDs, and I, I back then I'd have gone. This is this can't happen. But if I'd have embraced it earlier, I think th- things would have been better for me. I just I, I just think yeah. it it, w- it would have been a nice invite because I was I was so stuck in my ways where I only liked what I liked because I had to go out and buy that CD. There was, mm. Now I think the album. Yeah, I think I think the album's dead now. And no, I don't. I don't think the well, album's dead. I think the album. No, has I don't think place. it is either. I think we're. Um, I think it's, we live in a singles resurgence. generation now. Well, we're having a big vinyl resurgence. Yeah, hand up if you're a vinyl wanker. Hello, I've got um, I've got vinyls. But I think it was like last last year was the first time that vinyl had outsold CDs for like yes. thirty years or something. Yes. Um, but one thing that I've found, and obviously I'm very music centric because um, that's all we talk about on on the podcast. But one mm-hmm. thing that comes up a lot on records and bands is like the concept of selling out. So as a Generation X cliche, that whole, like, you don't sell out, you don't put your stuff on adverts, mm. you don't yeah, go yeah. out of your way to market yourself. You have to do that now to just get heard. Yeah. To make you money. Need to be, well, not even to make money, just to be heard. Like you, yeah. like, you need to be sending your song to 60 different, 60, 70, 100 different people on Spotify on the hope that they might include it on their playlist. Yes. You need yeah. to be sending it to blogs. You need to be greeting palms. And like, to me, like, punk rocker Jason Grungy Kid, yes. that's the worst. Like, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It, it, Kurt it's Cobain's against... rolling in his grave. Well, he could you imagine a, Kurt Cobain with that, Facebook? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, um, no, but no, I've, no. yeah, I think like the digitization, if you like, if that's the word, 
of yeah. like music and that. I think it's all goes back to that Napster and I agree, mate. I agree. Metallica. And and things like um Bandcamp and stuff like that. Is it Bandcamp? Yeah, um, yeah Bandcamp's yeah, yeah, Bandcamp. People love well, that because band- I, I know mates that used to make money from music and now they just do Bandcamp and make mm. pittance from it, but they're not in it for the music. You know what I mean? They're just in it to yeah. get out there. And another another so, thing as well that, that I've noticed, and you might not notice this, Rob, but like someone like me, Stig and Gadget, we use TikTok. We were TikTok users, and the top ten now are all TikTok songs. Yeah, mm. do you know what I mean? So but that's I've, massive. I found some, huge. I found some great bands through TikTok. Like um, uh, two <clears> weeks time, I'm seeing Thumpasaurus when they get to Newcastle. This is the most used app in the world at the moment, yeah. isn't it? TikTok, and they're a fucking weird little kind of. Disco rock mental health band from yeah. somewhere in America. No, excellent. They're fucking weird. You, you will have heard one of their songs because it was on the uh, Galaxy Z Flip advert last year. The, uh, oh, I know exactly yeah. who they are. There's huh? my strip. Do strip my way on over to you. Yeah. That song. Yeah, they're fucking great. They're hilarious. But I never would have found them if it weren't for TikTok. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's mad. So the the plan with this little record label that I'm setting up is that obviously I'm so I'm going to put out my Brothers EP, they're mm-hmm. going to keep all the digital stuff, and then we're going to split phys- physical sales, CDs, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, and reasonable. then, yeah, and we're literally starting with 150 quid to get the CDs made. Yeah, and then whatever we make at the end of at the end of the project, once all the CDs are sold, I then roll that into my you know my, my share of that. I roll that into the next project. So we're not talking a lot of money, yeah. but just enough to you know the, the passion will get you through as well. Exactly. So this first project might generate enough money to get another artist that I like a day in the studio to get something yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we can reset that 150 quid and go again and then just keep rolling just for the sake of the music rather than, you know, we're not going to make millions from it. You can't, but we can get some good <laughs> music out there to people that wouldn't hear it otherwise. So that's the plan. Um, and you can, here's a plug now then. So that's all going to be at losthikerrecords.com. There you go. I'll let you do that again at go. the end as well, mate. You get another no, that's stab deep. at that's the plug. enough. Cheers. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. This man. Um, Candy. Well, actually, I'm just going to carry on this conversation because mine was just streaming media in general. So the yep, Spotify, perfect. Keep it going. Spotify was one of them. So we'll move away from music then and then uh, head towards like the Netflix generation and everything. And just what a change it has made. Into, it, was, it's, it was mentioned before. Space. I saw it on Twitter the other day. They called it Genflix. Genflix. I like that. But yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, there are, obviously it has its down points and everything, but it's. It, it, there hasn't been a week gone by where we've all seen something at the cinema where we haven't just streamed something or watched something um, True. on Netflix and everything. And um, it, in some ways, it is a shame because physical media is, media is a lost art. There is a lost art to, you know, opening a a new book or a new cover and seeing the artwork and everything. But I think actually you mentioned um, vinyl wankers, but actually it's, yeah, like you said, they've outsold CDs and the majority of people buying vinyl. It's because it sounds better, mate. Trust me. But uh, the majority of these people don't have vinyl plates. They don't have anything to play it on. They're just, they're just buying it literally for, because it's a collector's edition kind of thing. So there are still out there. If you're a fan of whatever it is, you will go. I've bought vinyls that I've not opened. Because yeah. I just want them. I yeah, just want them. Exactly. There's also there's also something nice if it's something you're particularly passionate about. Don't own yeah. a physical version of it. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I've got, every, they, um, I've got every Prince vinyl that I could possibly find just because I want every Prince vinyl. You know who's It's about jumping all over the candies thing. It's like, for me, the, the vinyl <laughs> no. is very much about the um, the ritual. So I'm going to go and get it out of the box and open up and take out the record and put it on. And then I'm going to sit down and I listen to it from start to finish. That's start to finish, yeah. So it's, it's almost like um, mindful consumption, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think with mm. Spotify as well, you, there's less of, like, if you wanted to check out a band, for example, it's very rare that you're going to go straight into the first CD and listen to it. You'll probably do like the top five um, songs that are going to be streamed. So things like concept albums might be a little bit out the window now, you know, where you're telling a story from start that's to finish. That's what I think the death of the, vi- the, the album, that's what I mean, mm-hmm. death of the concept album. Because if you know, like my play, my, my, my personal playlist where I've got all my things, I've not got a full album on that playlist. Yeah, you pick and choose what you, know you like I mean? and you, you're you given... I pick and choose, yeah. You're given what to listen to. Even new music. As you could in Cambria. Every album's a story. <laughs> Every album is a story with Coed and Cambria. You can't, you can't just pick and choose with those ones. That's, <laughs> diff- that's different. Unless you just go genre prog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you don't know when one song begins and ends. That's the problem. Oh, it's a beautiful mess of notes. <laughs> I will say one Do thing. You know, I mean, um, a boat on the sea by Moron Police. Oh yes, mm. another Moron Police convert. I love that. What album. an album that is. What an album that is. It's like it's one of the best. Like, I only heard it last year, and I think it's one of the best records I've heard in the last. It's fucking incredible. Years. mentioned it a few times. I. I it's, oh, it's so good. Oh, r- r- so Rob I described it as. Walking oh, into now. a really shitty arcade. <laughs> oh, really? Like a, like a skeg mess? Yeah. But, well, like some of it sounds like they've ripped off like the theme from Smash Brothers, yep. and some of it sounds really? like, like, yeah, yeah. It is, it's like video game it's prog. Brilliant. And, but the, well, the concept of it is there's like this real environmental undertone to the whole lot as well, and it's right up my street, and I just fucking love it. But the drummer passed away, didn't he, a he couple did, of years ago? The last car year. crash, yeah. That's yeah, awful. It's fucking, yeah. He was only like but, 30, yeah. 34. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, so, so young. Yeah. Oh, so super young. And super talented. Like, when you listen to that, listen to that album, like, that drummer was mm. incredible to just keep up with the bullshit yeah. that they were putting out. Neil Pert yeah, levels such of a drumming. Good... Uh, it's like Neil Pert meets Dragon Force sometimes. Fuck off. Because they go really <laughs> yeah. fucking quick it's almost at times. Te- it, yeah, it's almost techno at times. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like, like drum okay. wise. Yeah, I'm like, intrigued. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in my Spotify. I don't right know if now. you know the, the closest thing I can think. As for for a comparison, if if you think of like really early therapy stuff, yeah, 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 just like yeah. with like the real tech, the real techy stuff with like mm. real techno influence to it, like yeah, okay. And I've jumped all over candy again. Sorry, no, no, it's absolutely fine. No, I'm glad to <laughs> keep the conversation shit. going. But I mean, yeah, for, like I said, for better for worse, with streaming media, one thing it has taken away is being a, being able to own things. And when it comes to series and films, there's not anything like a vinyl that you can collect per se i mean some of these things will be released on dvd but it's rarely or blu-ray it's it would rarely be a sort of collector's edition type thing it would bet it would rarely be an experience of opening it like the like the ritual of the uh vinyl like yeah. you mentioned so it's, i think it's luckily just, books books are still surviving that aren't they books just, are still surviving and people like smelling them yeah um and you, you have to take a book on a plane it's uh it's tradition as well but um, yeah, it's something like absolutely changed the scenery. There's no, you know, I won't sort of. There's no point harping on about it because we all know how much we all know. streaming streaming media 
So yeah, I genuinely, I, I genuinely think I, I, I wouldn't be able to survive without my Spotify anymore. Mm-hmm. If I lost, you know, I'm tightest man on planet, but I still pay full fourteen ninety nine for me and the wife to have Spotify together, and my playlist is like sanctity for me. It's, it's whole. It's, it's fucking. It's my scriptures. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's me. It's everything that encompasses me, and it's not public. It's my private one. Because there's Wait. a lot of prints on there, and, and it's a bit worrying. To be fair, I'm well, on there. For me, Audible <laughs> as well. Like I, I had a, a really long period of not checking out books and everything because I just didn't have time to sit down and read a book and do nothing else. Mm. But now being able to listen to books and do other things at the same time, especially and I bet as your adult, Audible collection's fantastic. It's fucking huge. Not as, not as big only... as probably gadget, gadgets and uh, stigs. Them them two love no, Audible on that. My oh, I don't know. It's pretty big. I've only got about 24, 25 on Audible. Okay, right. Actually, I only started using Audible this year. My my book collection, however, is getting ridiculous. <laughs> the library. I, well, it's it's not so much a library, but I, but I worked out my two my to read pile occupies like four different rooms in the house. I have books all over the fucking shop. It's driving Pip Match is going to kill me. <laughs> See, cool. I, I, I'm still on, an advocate sorry. for some physical, and I've I'm trying to whittle these down to just get rid of them. Because that's just a collection from years and it's years tough, of DVDs and Blu-rays, but I still, as much as great as streaming is, it's an advocate for keeping physical media of the stuff that you love. Do you know? What? You I can't think, find yeah, if you love everything. It, buy it. You can't if find you it, everything on streaming service, and you can't even if you buy it and add it to a digital um, thing. It might go away add, one day. It might go yeah. away one day. It might get lost, or you can't actually technically hand that down. There was yeah. something to do with Bruce Willis wanting to hand down his his um, iTunes account, his iTunes account to his kids because of all the music he bought on that. And legally, yeah, he can't. physically bought, yeah, legally he's not allowed. Not allowed to. So it's like, so Mental. all that's just lost. Like you can't hand it over to a next generation. So, and also, you do often find sometimes. I know, like I said, I'm trying to get rid of these, but the other day we randomly watched War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise wonks. Merely wanted to watch yeah. something that was a bit but it's sci-fi. Not on horror. Else to stream, is it? Not, not, not buying it. <clears throat> so, Already no, got it. Not without paying for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't I mind think that film either. I've got that um, on vinyl. I think there's maybe an untapped market. I, I've got it on need. vinyl. <laughs> the, the, I've, um, Pip's, Pip's got her dad's vinyl, and it's and she's and there's an original 1970s pressing of War of the Worlds in there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's it, 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 it's got I, that I, smell I've got that of the 70s as well. I've got it downstairs that my stepdad gave me. I'll yeah. show you. I'll, I'll fucking you can have it. I was going to. We've got uh, it, man. <laughs> All right. I'm saying she's got it. I was going to try and get a, when we redid our kitchen and everything on these three, I was thinking about trying to get a vinyl set because my dad's got loads. I only found that my brother had already pillaged loads of all the good ones. I've got an album. I've got a, a, a Depeche Mode album downstairs from the 80s and it's got a receipt in it from my stepdad from Wimpy from 1986. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, chips, 42 pence. Egg, 7 pence. I'm like, wow, I'm keeping, I kept that receipt still. <laughs> Media. I'm conscious of time. I'm conscious of time, Gadget. I'm okay. conscious of time. Have you got so, anything? Quickly. Yeah, yeah I We've gone past this two-hour threshold because we've got a guest and no! we're excited. So uh, this, this is going to be up, uh, Rob's uh, Ali, because I'm sticking with music here. I want, mm. I want to take you back to the, to the haughty year of 1949. I remember it well. Oh, yeah. The world was in we'd a post... Won the, we'd won the war. Yeah. <laughs> The world was in a post-war glow. The baby boomers hadn't been boomed yet. It was a time of financial recovery, but things were getting better. And the glow was the fallout from the uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yeah. mate. That's what that's... Yeah, ever-present. But rock and roll was on the horizon. 
Oh, it yeah, wasn't quite there yet. Blue rhythm and blues was there. The proper, not not the fucking R and B that you see now. I mean, rhythm and blues was there. Yeah, yeah. Elvis hadn't quite become a th- hadn't been discovered yet. Um, Jimi Hendrix wasn't even. I don't think he was even. No, he had been born by that point, but still, he, he was a nipper. But <laughs> there was a man named Leo Fender. Yeah. Who created the very first... He did something very special, didn't he? He did something very special, because you see, pre-1949, there hadn't been many electric guitars, and the few that had existed had been people taking their acoustic guitars and sticking in a pickup from a lap steel guitar to make it a bit louder to play bigger and bigger shows. But the problem with doing that is acoustic guitars are notoriously, notoriously microphonic and they would feed back like a bastard when you put them on stage in front of an amplifier yep what leo fender did the clever bastard was created the world's first mass-produced electric solid body guitar because in 1949 he released the fender esquire which would then be modified over the years to become the fender telecaster i love a telly i love them i love a telly I still think they've got a lovely body. They do. They're really lovely. I they've think they're better looking they're fun, than straps. They're fun to play. They have a wonderful sound. But the point is, 1949 and into 1950 was where things changed because Leo Fender created this instrument that was, one, not wildly expensive. Yeah. They were cheaper than a, a Gibson acoustic guitar. They could be plugged into any, any amplifier, so any PA system, and they would make a sound, and it meant you could be amplified on stage because the thing is with guitars when you wanted to get into kind of more into jazz or into rock and roll or rhythm and blues or whatever acoustic guitars would get drowned out by every other instrument acoustic guitars sound great they're wonderful instruments especially the drums there yeah drums drown everything out because if you've ever been around someone playing a drum kit they are obscenely loud they think they're the lead singer don't they they're absurdly loud (laughs) Mm. To be fair, they have every right to be. You know, they need to keep time. The whole band needs to hear them. But the problem is, it would drown the drummers guitar. are insane, though. Come on, absolutely. I've never met a normal drummer. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> the, Fender, the Fender Esquire was the first commercially available electric guitar, and that changed music. Did you can hear it on early Johnny Cash records? His 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 lead guitarist just just nipping away on a couple on a couple of uh, chords. Mm. While Johnny Cash would play like the open, like the big open sounding chords, but you get the rhythm from that Fender Esquire or the Fender Telecaster. The the the, the Esquire was highly modified early on, so it, the Esquire came out had a single pickup. It was a solid swamp ash body with a, uh, a swamp ash and pine body with a maple neck. Uh, it was simple as they come. It had mm. two pickups. It had sorry, it had two knobs and a, a connector jack to go into it. That was it. And you made a raucous sound out of it. If well, you just were, volume and gain, then is that all it had on it? Just volume and tone. Um, tone, oh, a tone. If you wanted to change the sound, you just moved where where you played it. You play yeah, it yeah, closer yeah. to the bridge, and it makes yeah. it makes a tighter noise. If you move it, play it close to the neck, it makes a deeper noise. That's literally the only options that you had on that guitar. Wild. And over the years, that that shape. The shape stayed the same, but the guitar evolved. They added more pickups to it. It became the the broadcaster. Um, the broadcaster then became the no caster. Then they became the telecaster. Then Leo Fender kind of 
scooped out the, the, the top and created an upper horn so that uh, players could have access to the top frets better. And it became the Stratocaster. And then mm. everything exploded from there. Around the same time, Les Paul invented the Les Paul with Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Because people seem to forget it's named after a person. It's not just a Gibson Les Paul for the sake of it. Imagine being that influential in life that you could name name a product after yourself. That'd be so cool. That, to die knowing that something's named after you. Oh yeah, that guy died at 94, 94 or something years old, and like mm. knowing that that guitar has become a legend status. Knowing like, that Slash was on top of a fucking coffin playing it. <laughs> piano, piano, get it right. He was on top of a grand piano. piano. That's yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. But it's just mad, isn't it? The thing is, all of this. I mean, people, like you say, people had made electric guitars before this. I think the first recorded mm. one was in like 1936. Mm. But this was the first mass produced one that could get to the market that anybody could buy. It's also like, it did help. It did help with, like, like you said, with blues, and especially in the deep South America where they had no money, yeah. they could still pick one up and still and like, keep like, it going. Like the Telecaster, because nothing, not much has changed on the design over the years. It's still the sound of country and blues music. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I play, I play blues and light stuff on my Telecaster. I'm a metal player, but I play it on my Telecaster. Yeah. I play that stuff on my Telecaster because it sounds so fucking good on it. Mm. Um, also, in uh, at the time, they made it cheaper. So, so the way guitars had been built before that, they featured kind of glued in set necks. There was a lot more intricacy to it. Telecaster is simple. It's a slab of wood with a neck mm. bolted onto it. Bolt-on necks didn't really exist with guitars before this. And it meant they could make them faster, put them out there. But also, you broke the neck, you just fucking unscrew it and put a new one on. Get a new one. Yeah. Like, they became infinitely more repairable, infinitely more customizable. People could put their stamp on it. And, like, you, you look at, like, music from the 50s and the 60s, like, go back to the early Yardbird stuff, or, the, or even, like, the, the first um, Led Zeppelin record. They're playing Telecasters mm. on that. They're playing the descendants of, of that Esquire. Leo Fender changed the fucking game because he made, he made electric guitars available for everybody. And music has, wouldn't be the same without it. Someone would have watched, done it at some point. But I watched a, um, a documentary about three weeks ago about uh, Fender. And in the 1960s, for, for a brief moment in time, uh, Fender's, Fender guitar, I think it was probably the telly by that point wasn't it uh, no the, it be? Uh, strat yeah the strat was yeah strat was out in the 60s what, what one of them was the most stolen item on the planet for a, a brief moment in time because oh. people used to just go in and nick them yeah that would <laughs> that would have been fender, fender strats yeah because for, for one like and then after that since then the record of the most stolen items the rubik's cube believe it or not the most stolen item in the world a really? recorded stolen item yeah the rubik's cube <laughs> people kept nicking them I was watching it on a YouTube of a week. It's probably more than that. It's probably money now, isn't it? Most probably. <laughs> Souls. Um, the other thing when it comes to like the electric guitar, when you can actually plug that in and you know you're going to get a stable sound from it, that then promotes like some... Well, it changes the dynamics of the instrument. Well. So then, exactly. So then the, the player can just go off and the boundaries that he can take that are so vaster than yeah even you know, using feedback into the guitar. feedback from the amp into the music yeah. and stuff like that it's crazy love it yeah and so whether you want to talk about Clapton and Jeff Beck and well the Yardbirds or Hendrix or yeah um, what's the name Greenwood from Radiohead now you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't have that had 
you know, it, it, yeah. it all falls back to the same space, if that makes sense. So, yeah. uh, and so j- just for comparison, and, and this is uh, as an example, Mm-hmm. A 1949 Fender Broadcaster or Esquire prototype. So this is before it hit mass production. Yep. One of them sold recently at, uh, I think, Christie's for $375,000. That's that daft auction that they do, isn't it? And that's yeah. silly money auction. Yeah. But, like, that's how influential, like, people are willing to pay that much. I mean, obviously, it's not a celebrity one. Like, you know... Yeah, it's just, it's just one, isn't it? It's just yeah, one that's existed. Yeah, like uh, Dave Gilmore's Black Strat went yeah. for millions. Highest, highest instrument yeah. ever sold. Well, the, 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 the fact that a kind of factory prototype can go for 375000 shows how historic it? this is. And that's like, more than some cars. Yeah. Some historic some cars. Some cars, yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like, cars. Like, like, I love my Telecaster. It's one of the, my favourite guitars. They're beautiful instruments. Uh, and I've got, I've what, got what a, color. Is, what color? What color? Because it, it's a bit, bit weird with it. Is it sunburst? No, it's, it's a, not. Is it orange? No, it's, it's like blood orange. Blood orange, is it? Yeah, mm. lovely. Very seventies. Can't tell with camera. Yeah, my, well, mine's a seventies custom style guitar, and it, it's got of a seventies look to it. Uh, but mm. yeah, the only guitar I've got, I stole off a homeless man. So there you go. See, See? stolen guitars. St- stolen guitars. My stolen thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, excellent. I mean, like I say, I mean, I love that Telecaster. It's not my favorite guitar ever. I mean, I've got my Les Paul no. behind me somewhere, but you know, I've mm. got a Strat, I've got a Telecaster, and it's just like all these classic guitars are just. It's it's what made yeah. music. I think yeah, that's like my, my favorite Schecter, but we wouldn't have Schecter without that. Well, your favorite Schecter is just because he because they did the custom work for Prince. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> still, it's, it's still in, I, I still want that sperm guitar that he had. I know you do. <laughs> Oh fucking come on! But yes, um, have we got any feedback at all? We do. We have. We have a few of them. Uh, starting off with Enflem, uh, he says the invention of the mouse, and I'm not talking about the little squeaky one with four legs and a tail. <laughs> yeah, that was evolution, pal. No one invented that. So uh, yeah, you <laughs> want to thank IBM probably for that because they had the original idea, but uh, Steve Jobs stole it and put it on the Apple Macintosh. Really? Is that what happened? Yeah, he 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 went I... on. A, he he went on a tour of the IBM offices. Saw. I'm having that. <laughs> yeah. So a graphical user interface using a mouse. He's like, yeah, yeah. Hell, I'm going to put that on the Mac. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, uh, I love old fashioned mouse. I think they look incredible, mate. It, it, it's it's the Amiga mouse for me with those two big two buttons. buttons the two, two buttons. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's fucking stunning, man. It's like I just want to click you all day. <laughs> oh, sat- satisfying micro switch action. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, the ambassador for Northern France, Biggie, uh, yep. has said, uh, I hope the news this week was delivered with a plum. I was think it? it was my favourite ever news was it candy? I've ever read on this podcast. Was, was there a plum in your news, Candy? Yes. Yes. I did say that as well. Yeah, I did, did say it. Yeah. So, so it's official. Best um, news ever. I, 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 don't, I don't think Biggie understood the assignment. Why? What's he done now? I don't think so. Oh, I liked it when the, you know the locomotive was invented. No, do you know what? Like, I actually thought about this when when Rob was talking about his. I think I thought I don't think I've done it right here either because I just kept talking about different moments from Nintendo rather than a specific moment. But I'd like to hear what Biggie's. Uh, it's so, our podcast. We can do okay. what we want. I got it right, so I win. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so he's, he's, he's big as the wheel. <laughs> so Biggie says. It's this first sentence. Oodles, you might actually fall asleep on this one. Uh, oh, God. My choice for this week's topic is upgradable hard drives. 
Oh, for fuck's Okay, now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Upgradable hard drives. That's his moment in history. That's, That's only because he fucking won one this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was... a fucking kid. So it's his... oh. so, that so was he's... the moment in history. The one yeah. that changed everything. <laughs> we, we could upgrade our hard drives. So he, says, so he says, I like having choices of games that I want to play as and when without having to uninstall and install all of the time. The laughable hard disk space that you get with your standard console means the operating system takes up loads of gigabytes before you even get started. Games are now launching with sizes of 150 gigs, so it's pretty much essential in my opinion. What a moment in history. <laughs> He hasn't understood the assignment. Before then, the nation mourned for upgradable <laughs> fucking hard drives. That is ridiculous. I mean, before then, Biggie, we had media, physical media. <laughs> That's how you did it. You just put a new one on. Oh, I love you, God. Biggie. I love you. I love him to bits. He is, he is the most beautiful mind I've ever met in my life. But fucking hell, mate. Oh. I miss uh, I him was, so much. Uh, I was half expecting him to say something like, you know, that time when Tunnock's Tea Cakes won the war for us or something. <laughs> like that. Uh, but moving on, uh, Lee Davies has said, that time Lenny Kravitz's cock popped out on stage. Nothing will ever be the same again. Massive. That was funny. It is that massive was, as well, yeah. It is massive as well. Massive moment in history, massive cock. I agree. That was, that was a fucking big dick. Uh, Pete, Pete Beckett has said Sony coming out and boldly declaring the PS1 would be $299 was pure savage mm-hmm. and set them up that's as the said. one to watch for that generation and that's like I said it started with the attitude and it's the attitude's changed nowadays you can't say they've got that same attitude now it's just money it's a different attitude now it's awful but I, I miss those days those Oh, they're almost punk. They're almost quite punk. Sony when they first came out. I was I was thinking about when you were talking about it earlier, Rudolph. Like the desi- if you if you look at the design of the PS One versus the PS Five, like the PS One is like this kind of <laughs> weird grey kind of janky, like yeah. threw together in a shed kind of thing. Yeah, and the PS Five is like super sleek sci-fi. It's like something from the future, isn't it? And it's like yeah. all we care about is your <laughs> money. Well, no one's going to pull a PS5 out of their jacket, are they, to be well, fair? No. no. But it's, and they're not going to go 2 99 either, are they? Oh, no. <laughs> they're going to go 5 99 But the soliloquy I was going to go down with is like, 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 think of it like uh, the PS1 is Bill and Ted and the PS5 is when they go to the future. <laughs> <laughs> when they go to where Rufus is from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Xenos oh, uh, said, I don't know what to suggest this week. There's a lot of options, but I guess the invention of the microchip and the proliferation of the internet. Those are probably the biggest two. Fair call. Nowhere near as big as the uh, the upgradable hard drives. No, no, no. Upgradable hard drives. Nowhere that's, near as big as Lenny Kravitz's cock. I think those two are tied for the most massive. <laughs> Huge. Fucking biggie. Oh, oh, it's so funny. Uh, last, up we have, last up, we have Nimrod Hicks. I did have a think, but I couldn't think of much. I guess the proliferation of mobile phones was transformative in my lifetime and the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The internet was pretty fucking special because without that, we wouldn't be here talking to you and wasting your time. And Biggie wouldn't have won his... all the feedback? Biggie wouldn't have won his extendable hard drive without the internet. Just in terms of phones in society... Could mm. could the, an argument be made that like the worst moment is the 
you know, when they put the selfie camera on the first, on the iPhone. Pretty, 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 pretty bad, wasn't it? <laughs> pretty bad moment because, yeah. Oh, Actually, yeah, it's until right. then, cameras looked outwards, and now yeah. all of a sudden, cameras are, you know, that was it, the death of privacy. The, oh no! Well, no is that the rise this. of the birth of narcissism? Oh, I don't no, know. I think that was in the I quite like ancient Greeks. Up, that like being able to take a selfie, like where you can see. Yeah, like, you do. Rather than just going like. <laughs> With with it with an old disposable, you'd be like hold out in front, take a picture, and hope for the best. <laughs> and now, like if you want to take yeah, a picture it was just of your like kids your, your or somewhere, it. you're like you just kind of like hold it out. Like, here's us two doing something. You don't remember on your feature phones before they had selfie cameras? You have like this tiny little mirror on the back of them next to the camera. Mm. Does amazing. no one remember trusting a stranger with your camera to take a picture of you? <laughs> Fuck that. I We've all that. got like I, expensive Samsungs. If you give that to a stranger, that's fifteen hundred quid in there. Fucking hand, and they're just going to run off with it. I was going to say, I remember trusting a stranger with a camera once, and he ran off with it. The cunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never again. Fuck that. Imagine giving your fucking S23 Ultra to a stranger. Will you just take a picture, mate? I've unlocked it. Don't worry. I've unlocked it for you, pal. <laughs> take a photo. See ya, muggins. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Jesus. Give it Is to an old lady. you be fine. Yeah, that's Give all the feedback. But the picture wouldn't be very good. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So before we say goodbye to Rob, um, as always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in our show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please find it within your hearts to try out our patron. Like I say, even if it's just for a month, it's cheap and this huge back catalogue of stuff, all this nonsense. And Biggie, in his mind, he's not here tonight, but. And his upgradable hard drives. And his upgradable hard drives. So, yeah, next week it's Patron's Choice, uh, where you will be given the choice to be producers for the episode. Remember, it's non-fiction, so look forward to the uh, list that... Uh, the What's it called? The poll. The poll that goes on Patreon. The poll that goes on Patreon. But, Rob, thank you for being our honoured no. guest this evening. Before you leave, plug away. Plug away. Plug, plug, plug. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, I had a wonderful time on Twitter yesterday with Gadget, so it was nice to finally... Put a face to the name. It's gorgeous, isn't it? He's the... gorgeous. Um, but yeah, if, if you're interested, it's <laughs> recordsandbands.com or vostikerrecords.com. So that'll do. Thank you very much. Yes, and thank you very much. We should be seeing you in the future. And yeah. I, don't, I, don't I forget on your podcast, mate. I want to get on that podcast. Don't forget. Yes, is that it? Uh, Rob was on Deep Dive Lounge. Get on that episode if, you've not, if you've not listened to it. It's very good. Well, it was fantastic. He's the new husband mind. of indie podcasting. He's he's a great guy, and we all love you. But also, yeah, also, also, also make sure you go and listen to his episode of that effing show as well. Because yeah, don't because really you start crying. Because start crying like I did. And <laughs> he cry on the bus. <laughs> I, I cried as well, but in a good way. Oh yeah, in a good mm. way. It's a very good episode. Well, enough Hang of this. Hard. You make me blush. Thank you very much. <laughs> you make me blush. So, yes. Uh, if you're yes. not a patron, this is the end of the show, and it's the end of the show for Rob. We'll see you in the green room after. If you are a patron. Thank you very much. Good night. Cheers. I'm not on hover, it's weird. I'm not it's weird not being on this show and not being on.
Fucking like that. I had an afternoon hangover yesterday. It was horrible. <laughs> that's because you fe- That's because you got pissed on fizzy wine and fell asleep through the coronation. I was I was shit faced by eleven. 